invested in a scheme that was predominantly designed for tax avoidance. The pop star and two other members of the group Take That may have to repay millions of pounds in tax relief. The Labour MP Margaret Hodge, who chairs the Public Accounts Committee, said the singer might now like to show a bit of contrition by giving back his OBE. A long-running row over the chiming of church bells in a Hertfordshire village may soon be coming to an end. A compromise has been reached in Ashwell between those who want the bells kept and those who want them silenced, as Tony Fisher reports. At a parish council meeting, it was agreed the bells would be silenced for a trial period between the hours of 11pm and 7am. This will give those who want to keep the chimes time to come up with an as-yet-untested mechanism to allow the chimes to ring quieter at night and within the legal limits. North Hearts District Council says it's pleased with the recent productive discussions and hopes they will result in an optimistic outcome. The number of former British soldiers seeking help from a mental health charity after serving in Afghanistan has jumped by 50 over the past year. Combat Stress says 358 veterans sought its help last year, compared with 228 the year before. The employers' organisation, the CBI, has issued a warning about the risks of rising house prices. It says interest rates may have to rise sooner than expected early next year. In Sport England, manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad in Luton today, and there will be no Ashley Cole. Manchester City are Premier League champions after beating West Ham 2-0, and Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton leads the Formula One Championship after a fourth successive win. And out of the final corner comes Lewis Hamilton. He takes a victory in Spain and he swerves his car from left to right. It means so much to him. Rosberg threw the kitchen sink at him, but Hamilton resisted. Victory in Spain for Lewis Hamilton. The weather, a mixture of sunny intervals and showers, a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk Three Counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. My bowls club's a good, nice club. It's all about where you live. We came here with my parents, came when the big industry started. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. When you're out of Hatfield, you do miss it, because it's our little town. I lived about 40 years. I came to Hatfield via the uh, Hatfield Polytechnic. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wow! Morning, guys. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's just say none of us have had much sleep and Kat's on the cough. She's had two coughs before six. Well, what a busy show we've got this morning. Wonky speed cameras, silent church bells and giant dead birds. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It'll sound more than that. But yes, wonky speed cameras, silent church bells and giant dead birds. That's what's happening there. But what's happening in this song? It's been one week since you looked at me. Cut your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realised it's all my fault but couldn't tell you yesterday. Forgiven me, but it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hold it now, I want to hoodwink. Does it make you stop? Think you'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish, although I like the shallow Swiss, I like the sushi, cause it's never touch a frying pan. Hot like wasabi when I bust rhymes. Big like Leanne rhymes, because I'm all about value. Bert Camper's got the mad hits. You try to match wit.
it. You try to hold me but I bust through. Gonna make a break and take a fake out like a stinking and they can shake out like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. Gotta see the chokers and you'll know the vertigo is gonna go cause it's so dangerous you'll have to sign a waiver. How can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? Trying hard and to smile though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean, well you soon will. I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of taking off my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. Threw your eyes in the air and said you're crazy Five days since you tackled me I still got the red burns on both my knees It's been three days since the afternoon You realize it's not my fault, but only too soon Yesterday you'd forgiven me And now I'll sit back and wait till you say you're sorry The Chinese chicken, you have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking. Watching X Files with no lights on, with all our maisons. I hope the smoky man's in this one, like Harrison Ford. I'm getting frantic, like Sting, I'm tantric, like Sting, who's guaranteed to satisfy. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. Gonna get a set of better clubs, gonna find the kind with tiny nubs, just so my arms aren't always flying off the backswing. Gonna get into my sailor moon, cause the cartoonist got the boom anime babes to make me think the wrong thing. How can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? Trying hard not to smile, though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral Can't understand what I mean, you soon will I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve I have a history of losing my shirt It's been one week since you looked at me Dropped your arms to the sides and said I'm sorry Five days since I laughed at you And said you just did just what I thought you were gonna do Three days since I live in room We realize we're both to blame But what could we do? Yesterday, you just smiled at me Cause it'll still be two days till we said we're sorry It'll still be two days till we said we're sorry Across beds, parts and bugs. This is Stephen Allen on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, uh, oh dear, Catherine, what on earth are you doing? And why are you showing me that? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call this morning. Now, figures obtained by this show suggests motorists using the M1 through Bedfordshire are much more likely to have been caught speeding on the northbound stretch as opposed to the southbound. 30 times more likely, in fact. We put in a freedom of information request to Bedfordshire Police and discovered that the cameras between junctions 10 and 13 southbound only became fully operational in March, a full seven months after the roadworks finished. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, is at the M1 this morning. Justin, what do these figures show? Morning, Stephen. Uh, yes, um, the figures um, look at how many enforcement notices were issued by Bedfordshire Police on the M1 between junctions 10 and 13 in the last two years, uh, most likely uh, by the speed cameras, but the figures, they, they also include people caught by patrolling cars. But to be quite honest with you, I can't remember the last time I saw a, a police patrol on the M1, but there you go. Um, to explain how this works, uh, the Highways Agency, they control the cameras, but uh, if a driver is spotted going too fast, uh, the police, they're the ones responsible for actually enforcing the law and sending the tickets. So between March 2012 and March 2014, almost 16,000 enforcement notices were were sent to people uh, who were driving too fast on the M1. None were sent between December 2012 and July 2013, but the roadworks, they weren't actually fully finished until 
until the end of last summer, of course. Now, on the southbound side, and this is the interesting thing, just 520 notices were sent out. Uh, 107 in November last year and 413 in March this year. Now, if we uh, assume that all drivers were issued uh, with fines of, let's say, £100, uh, these cameras have generated more than £1.5 million pounds in the last two years, and that money goes straight to the government. What have the highways agency and the police had to say, Just? Well, the highways agency, they say that speed cameras are just one method of enforcing a speed limit. Uh, in a statement, they told us the variable speed limits, uh, they're the ones which appear well, with the red rings shown on the gantries, uh, they became mandatory as soon as each section was ready. Uh, the speed cameras became operational as soon as they were ready. Bedfordshire Police, uh, they're in charge of enforcing the speed limit, uh, and they stress the speed limit is enforceable whether or not the cameras are operational. Uh, they also say the cameras needed calibrating, which requires closing the motorway. So oh. since March, enforcement tickets were able to be issued. And if people are fined, does that mean they're always at fault? Well... This, this is quite an interesting one. Um, we've spoken to a, a motoring solicitor about this who says that he gets a lot of calls from people asking for advice about uh, being caught w- with these variable speed cameras. He says that the police can't prosecute if the overhead speed limit changes less than 10 seconds before you go through it. Now, I think we've all been in that situation, but how do you prove it? Yeah. Unless you've got a camera in your car, it's very hard to prove that. Uh, the problem, again, with these fixed penalty notices is that the police don't have to provide the evidence against you until you no. actually go to court. So most people just pay the fine and avoid going to court. Justin, this story, of course, uh, centres on the M1. You're, you're claiming to be at the M1. C- can you prove you're at the M1 and not just by another road? Uh, no. How can I prove that I'm by the M1? Oh, you tell um, me. Uh, photo? Selfie? Uh, yeah, I can get, I can get you a photograph, a selfie. I'm just um, okay. just by junction 10 of the M1. I can see an EasyJet plane going above. The motorway is moving this morning. Well, I mean, um, fair play. I could, I could, I could have some car. You could be in the next studio. I could have some car sound effects <laughs> on and saying, "Oh, the motorway is moving." There's an aeroplane. If you are yeah. at the M1, Justin, then yep. fair play. That has really added to the story. Yes. If you're not, then shame on you. No, listen. I, I promise you, hand on heart, boss. When would I lie to you? There goes the plane. I'm uh, just by junction ten of the M1. Great sound effects, CD. Justin, excellent stuff.
I'm doing something right with the kids. Because yesterday, my eldest, who's four, get this, Catherine, he said, I want, um, I want, a, I want a small CD player. So oh. you've got, I said, you've got a CD player. It's got a little portable. So I said, you've got a CD player. No, no, no. No, I want a, sm- I want a small CD player. You've got, no, no, no. I mean, I want a big CD player. I said, what do you want? He pointed to my record player. Oh. He said, I want, I want a small one of those. So where on earth do I buy a small record player from? A well-known auction site, carefully. <laughs> I used to have a tiny little record player when I was a kid. I'll get him one of those. Yeah. That'll be fine. We'll just sit around playing records. Just don't show him scratching. <laughs> I was giving my auntie's Dan set and ruined well, it with the, a bit of... Wah, 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 the wah. thing is, I've got, I've got so many rubbish old 60s singles. That I, you remember I bought all those yeah. singles on eBay? Most of them are rubbish. He can have all them. And he can do what he wants with them and play with them and, um, you know. Well, my first record, one of the first records I ever got, uh, no, it wasn't, it was about the third and the fourth record. I, I was into records at about the age of five and I had a monkey's record and something else. And I said to my dad, Dad, can I have some more records, please? He went, yeah, don't worry, son, I've got loads. And he, he pulled out the, um, the 1812 Overture <laughs> and the Black and White Minstrels. Okay, varied. Yeah, yeah, varied. And I'd listen to those as a kid going, yeah, man, these, these Black and White Minstrels are groovy. What did they sing? Oh, the, the mammy, you know, the usual kind of... Oh, right. oh, really? <laughs> the usual kind of stuff. Wow, I won't be giving him those. Although, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from them. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've got no delays on the major routes. The M1 and the M25 both looking good at the moment. Some roadworks at the Amwell roundabout to watch out for, though. On the A10, a lane is closed. And also in High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there are temporary traffic lights near the leisure centre just before you reach the Handy Cross roundabout. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.16, it's Monday the 12th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to southbound during the roadworks period. A compromise has been reached in a long-running row over the chiming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today and there will be no Ashley Cole. The Chelsea star has announced his international retirement after being left out. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12. Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. A Milton Keynes charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the Drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messaged me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18th, 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s, which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties. Help me escape. 
playing that song and boy that doesn't really stand the test of time doesn't it doesn't it sound a bit limp and fey oh I, used shame, to, isn't it? I thought it I was expecting that to rock a bit more Gary Barlow's in the newspapers of course with people clamouring for him to hand over his is it an OBE he's got something like that because he's um, uh, been involved in a tax scam sham tax sham scam He's been involved in a little bit of the old tax avoidance. Him and um, the other two, two of the others, yep. have invested money into a tax thing. Mark and Howard. Huh? It was Mark and Howard. Which one's... Um, Jason's not. G- 
good for Jason. Not. Yay, good for, good old Jason. Jason's probably not got much money, I wouldn't have thought. Out of the, if you had to rank them in order of wealth, I would put Jason at the bottom. Although he could be a, a second soon. Exactly, because they've got to pay millions back. They've got to pay millions back. So they invested some money in some supposedly a music charity kind of thing, a music therapy charity kind of thing. Um, and then uh, basically the, the government, the courts have said, well, no, ah, sorry, that was a tax avoidance scheme. You've got to pay it back. And so people are saying that, uh, that Gary Barlow should give his OBE back. We'll talk about it later. We should send Justin out on that, actually. I'd like to. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Has it changed your opinion of Gary Barlow, knowing he's been involved in a tax avoidance kind of scheme? Does it get you angry? I think that's a good phone in, but I think the question should be: yeah. Have you gone off Gary? Have you gone off Gary? Have Call you gone now. off? Have you gone off Gary? Ah, Gary. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Did you like the way she did that? I think that's a good phone in, but I think the question should be: Have you gone off Gary? Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Bells. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now these are church bells, okay? And the chimes of St Mary's have been ringing out every fifteen minutes since eighteen fifty six in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. Some residents claim they're stopping them sleeping and should be silenced at night, while others, and I would suggest the vast majority. Want them to be left as they are. The bells have been ringing since 1898. There's lots of people in the village that find comfort from the bells. They've been they've been here for countless years. Everybody that I speak to seems to be for these bells, and they find it part of village life. And I can't see why we need to have them toned down. Most people that I speak to that's, that live near the church, my mother included, uh, doesn't have any issues sleeping. After a week or so, you get just get used to it and you sleep through the evening. I think they're nice. I think they're part of village life. And um, if you move to a village, that is what you expect. If you want to move into the country, move into the country. Go go miles from anywhere. If you move next to a church, wouldn't you imagine there's a bell there that's going to be rung at some time? Well, the row has rumbled on for months and now it seems a compromise may have re- been reached. The parish council says the bells will be silenced at night until campaigners from Save Our Chimes come up with a way of muffling them. Yeah, so they can ring within acceptable decibel levels. Well, joining me now is Martin Butchers from the Clock Specialist, Smith of Derby. Good morning, Martin. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are rows like this a fairly common phenomenon? They are indeed. Um, it's uh, it's it's wide over the whole of the UK. It's probably not as in-depth as the one at St Mary's in Ashwell. Um, most places uh, seem to accept that there's a good compromise, good solution, and they run with it. It does seem odd. If you live in a small village and there is a church, then you would expect there to be church bells, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, most churches do have bells, and uh, yes, indeed, you would expect if you move next to a church, you're going to hear these bells, as if you move next door to a pub, yes, you're going to hear uh, the revellers coming out quite late at night. Now, the bells are going to be uh, dampened, muffled. Is that a common solution? Does that happen quite often? It doesn't at all. In oh. fact, um, I- I've rarely heard of such a thing. Um, I think I've only come across it once in... Um, in Cambridge, uh, somebody tested out this as a solution. Uh, it didn't work very well, and so they went back to the what they call the automatic system. So, so what does that mean? It, it, it just switches off at night time? Yes, indeed. It's, um, it's an me- electromechanical operation um, that uh, pulls the strike hammer levers uh, away from the bells, uh, run by a programmer, fully controllable, 
And usually people will silence the bells from around about 11 o'clock at night until 6 or 7 in the morning. And so, uh, Martin, have I got this right? You're actually got, you're going to be working on this, th- th- these bells, are you? Um, well, I've been invited to. Um, this is a project that uh, started with me probably two to two and a half years ago. And obviously, as you know, there's, there's been uh, divisions. Yeah. Uh, people in uh, some areas in Asheville. Um, but yes, the answer to that is yes. If they pres- go ahead with this silencing, then uh, our firm will be uh, installing the equipment. So the plan is to silence it until they can find a way of muffling it. That strikes me as very sad that you would have to muffle the church bells. I mean, I'm not not a religious person, but I, I'm a traditionalist. And th- 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 does it make you feel a bit sad that these bells are, g- are going to be dampened? It does indeed. Um, as a bell ringer myself, I'm very fond of uh, bells. Um, but in these modern times, um, it's becoming more commonplace now for people to want bells for silencing during the night. Um, and so, as sad as that is, it's, it is a good compromise. Martin, I-, I wish you the best of luck. Do let us know how things progress. Martin Bush is from the clock specialist Smith of Derby. He's going to be installing, if they w- want them to, um, a-, a timing mechanism on the bells in Ashwell so that they stop at night while the uh, Save Our Bells campaign look for a way of, of muffling the bells. It strikes me as very sad that you'd have to do that. I love the sound of church, but I know... Who was I with the other... I was with someone the other day, and they were getting really angry with the church bells. I think it's a fantastic sound, isn't it?
news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound starting to build up now between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Also on the M25, looking slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Same goes for the A1M southbound. That's busy at Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Speed cameras on the southbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire were not fully operational for a large part of the roadworks period. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many tickets issued on the northbound stretch compared to southbound. A long-running row over the chiming of church bells in a Hertfordshire village may soon be coming to an end. A compromise has been reached in Ashwell between those who want the bells kept and those who want them silenced. And Gary Barlow is facing calls to hand back his OBE after a court ruled that he'd invested in a scheme that was predominantly designed for tax avoidance. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad in Luton today and there will be no Ashley Cole. The Chelsea star has announced his international retirement after being left out. Southampton's Luke Shaw will take his place. The squad announcement will be made at around two o'clock at the Vauxhall headquarters in Luton. The company sponsor the England team. Manchester City are Premier League champions after beating West Ham 2-0. Here's manager Manuel Pellegrini. Great experience. It's not easy to come to a Premier League, the most difficult Premier League of the world. I have two titles in a year. I think it's very good for, for the club. But I repeat, it's not just my work. It's the work of the whole, the whole club. Elsewhere, Liverpool confirmed second place with a 2-1 win over nine-man Newcastle. Tottenham beat Aston Villa 3-0 to claim the final Europa League place ahead of Manchester United. And Norwich's relegation was confirmed after a 2-0 home defeat to Arsenal. And next month's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes will be between Arsenal and Everton after both won their semi-finals yesterday. The final at Stadium MK is on Sunday, June the first. Harvardshire driver Lewis Hamilton leads the Formula One Drivers' Championship after a fourth successive win with victory in Spain. The Milton Keynes Red Bull team made a welcome improvement with Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel third and fourth, but it was Hamilton's day. Who would have thought? Even I would never thought when I came to this team that we'd be having four wins in a row and four uh, one-twos for the team. And to have such a big gap to the other guys, it's really, really remarkable what the team have done. They really are a sensation. And, and me, I'm, I need to do a better job in terms of improve my again my car to be quick so I don't have to be battling my teammate always but otherwise I'm really happy and Marion Voss of the Netherlands won cycling's women's tour of Britain winning her third successive stage yesterday Lucy Garner was the best place Britain in seventh overall BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at seven call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio for you to find a record better that and Rod Stewart Rod Stewart we're not playing that not playing that no no Rod Stewart Rod Stewart we're not playing that not playing that that's already better than Rod Stewart put the heaters on then that's a good song actually who is that is that Glenn Fry Glenn Frey Glenn Fry from the Eagles is it try again is it I think so and I was in a room with Glenn Fry from the Eagles I could have put him in, picked him up and put him in my pocket and nobody would have noticed. He's tiny! 
He's one of the weirdest. I mean, just Google how tall is Glenn Fry. From oh, the... there's a great celebrity height website that you'll find. Is there? Yeah. Oh. Kelly's always on it. I'm always on it. Well, what is it? Celebrityheights.com. <laughs> He's five foot nine. Oh, that's, that's still taller than me. Yeah, oh, it's tall for a fella. It's tall for a hey, rock star. That's nice for a fella. He's, uh, you know how tall Bruce Springsteen is? Teeny. 4'1". He's something like that. No, he, he's not. He's 5'10". 5'10's tiny. It's not. You, uh, OK, you know how tall, how tall is Al Pacino? 5'7"! Wow. He's weak. Al Pacino told my friend off once. For what? For overacting. Oh, he was he was in a film. My friend was in a film with Al Pacino, and um, he was uh, it, it was he had a hat. My friend, and part of his acting was he had the hat and he would like turn it around very slowly in his hands to kind of be a bit nervous. And in the middle of a take, Al Pacino stopped. Went, Will you stop twiddling with that hat? <laughs> Sorry, but he was looking up. Will you stop twiddling with that hat. Why does he sound like James Brown? <laughs> it was a movie about James Brown's life, and he was playing James Brown, that's why. But Al Pacino's a bit of a twitcher and a fidgeter. Yeah, maybe he didn't want the twitching to be taken. Maybe he was going to be using a hat for showing nervousness later. Or, or, or he was just he just saw, he saw it and went, oh, that's a really, man, that's a really good idea. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Give me a hat. Give me a hat on Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's... Have you found a good song yet? I found three. You can pick. Well, one. not one of them is the heat is on by Glenn Fry of the Eagles, the tiny man. Oh, sorry. Wait, let me have a look. We always play Joni George Mitchell. Yeah, Joni, I'm over that song. Big Yellow Taxi is, is if if you hear us play Big Yellow Taxi, it means we've got two minutes to fill. Yeah, that's that's all that's for. And the bit I like in that is don't it all seem to go. <laughs> Well, who is, is she? The lady that did? Um, I oh. saw a documentary about Joni Mitchell. Boy, she's a, a right-wing old uh, Harridan these she? days. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, did who did um, the, the one about the um, the gentleman installing a telephone line in her house? Oh, I don't know that one. What's it called? Who's the, who's you? I'm looking at Kelly. She won't have a clue. The the gen, it's a song about a gentleman, and he's coming around to her house, and he's installing a telephone line. Blondie. No, it's not Blondie. Blondie. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You know what I'm talking about. It's a lady. Um, I, I think it's Joni Mitchell, but I can't imagine why Joni Mitchell will have recorded this song. It's a, the gentleman's coming round and he's installing the telephone line, and she does the voice of the gentleman. Oh, hang on, that rings a bell. Telephone bell, yeah, yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. While we think on it, let's have this. It's the 80s. It's Noel's house party.
He'll be mullered. He'll be mullered. Uh, I've got some... Uh, I've just had an email from Paul Scoyne. He's got some sad news. Oh, no. Yeah. What's happened? Uh, well, he said it privately, but I'm going to say it because I've started now. Uh, Paul Scoyne's his cat has just been sick. Oh, dear. Bicarb. Yeah. Bicarb and water on that. You'll cat sick out. is um, a very special chemical. It really is... Imp- that stain... If it's on carpet, that stain will always be there. There is no vinegar, none of that stuff, white wine, none of that stuff will negate the effects of cat sick. Persistent stain. It really is. My cat went through a thing of being sick a lot. Um, and uh, it's just... That's it, partly why we moved house, because we just... <laughs> Get, Fresh house. There were little, just little, <laughs> little stains all around the carpet. Well, forget oh, that. Dear. Let's move. Let's move. No, mm. did she stop now? Okay, I'm glad. Yeah, but Paul, Paul listen. Started. Paul, listen. Uh, really wishing you the best of luck on what is going to be a trying day for you. So, if if you want to call in and wish Paul Scoynes, our political correspondent, and his cat luck, oh eight four five nine four double five five. Or indeed, five. if you have any stain removal techniques for cat sick. Yeah. Hey, local radio, local and vocal. Uh, what have you got in the papers? Because I couldn't find anything. Jellyfish. I'm the group. S- no. I, is there a group? We just, Catherine was talking about jellyfish, and for about three minutes, we were at complete cross-purposes. I was talking about the uh, 80s, 90s soft funk group Jellyfish. Were they Jelly Bean? Anyway, and you were talking about actual, actual jellyfish. jellyfish. Yeah, they're invading our shores. I'm going to put them in the bracket of stuff that ruins the sea. I hate jellyfish. You can't, you can't, sometimes you can't run along the beach because these are big They're boys. massive. Look at that. It's ten foot. Not that, ten foot, five you, foot. How would you describe that? It's like someone got some je- school glue, yeah. a bucket of it, yeah. and just emptied it out. I'd, call, I'd describe it as a big jellyfish, Cathy. There's no need to be... Um, I'm just trying to paint a picture in your mind, dear look, listener. Do, do, Think of school glue, that stuff you used to pick right. off your fingers and yeah. sometimes put on by on purpose. Yeah. Think of that, yeah. put it into a great big bowl and then yeah. just tipped out. Or just think of a really big jellyfish. jellyfish. Yeah, Wh- that. Which is which image is having the most impact on you? <laughs> Steve, which Steve, which one's working best for you? Uh, I'm not sure. A big jellyfish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense than, than a, a bit of you who. Well, yes, it could be the PVA stuff that people might be thinking about, and it's completely wrong. Yeah, but you can get exciting jellyfish that look like they glow in the dark. You can get jellyfish that look like unturned umbrellas. This one looks like... um, I didn't realise you was an expert on jellyfish. Oh, yes, I make it my business to know exactly where they are at all times. I've been working with Catherine for about 18 months, nearly two years, and uh, every morning she's trying to crowbar jellyfish into the show. (laughs) This morning she's finally had her way. Do you want to know why, though? You want to? You do want to know why? Oh. Beachgoers have been warned to be on the lookout for an invasion of giant jellyfish. Steve, Sweet Lord, several oh, of my the in- exactly. That's the reaction I wanted. Several of the enormous creatures that look a bit like school glue have been seen washed up on Britain's shores. Yeah. The latest, a monster Does measuring. Does it say they look like three- school glue in the? Yeah, that's what paper. it says. Exactly oh. what it says in the okay. Daily Express. <laughs> uh, the latest, a monster measuring three feet across, was found on a beach in the Isle of Portland, Dorset yesterday. Get a load of that. Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't like... Um, I, I'm not a massive fan of the beach, Steve. Uh, the first time I went on holiday with my wife, um, uh, we went to Greece, of course, uh, and I was kind of... I kind of got into the beach a bit, and I was showing off a little bit, and I went into the sea, and I was going for a swim around the rock and all of this stuff, and I stood up in the sea, and I stood on, um, sit on a sea urchin. Have you ever stood on a sea urchin? Thankfully, I haven't. I bet you yelped a bit. Flippin' heck! I yelped, and I didn't know what it was. And I got out of the sea, and I've got all these spikes in my foot. And I'm like, her brother, who I'd only just met, was trying to pull out the spikes from my... Flip it. Things that ruin the beach for you. Yeah. Sand is another thing that ruins the beach Salt. for you. Salt. Children. 
Um, where we go in Spain sometimes, which is where all the Spaniards go, and I'm the whitest person for about 10 miles, yeah. um, they get this algae that comes up towards about four o'clock in the afternoon oh. when it's just getting about cool enough for me to come out from underneath my uh, beach umbrella. Yeah. And the women roll in it. Oh. As if it's some sort of treatment. <laughs> the, again, the beach, They're green. The beach we go to in Zakynthos, there's clay, and people cover themselves in yeah. this clay. Dirty, dirty swine. <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Things that ruin the beach for you. Steve, what do you want? Hey, baby, I'm your telephone man. If you tell me where you want it, and I put it where I can. Is that the song you're talking about? Yeah, that's the song. You can have it with the bell, you can have it with that's the ring. It. I don't and think if you really want it, you can, can have, have a dingling. dingling. Uh, but she does the she does the she does the voice, doesn't she? She does. And then she, she giggles does. at one bit. Who is that then? As a Mary Wilson. Ah. Uh. As an M E R I, not as in Mary. Mary, Mary, as in Mary, Mount Mary. Yeah. Steve, thank you very much indeed. I've never heard of the lady. Hey, baby, I'm your telephone. I always used to find that... It wasn't Joni Mitchell, of course not. It's the giggle, the giggle that's, that, that yeah. made me think of it. I always used to find that song quite embarrassing Why? as a child. Just Because she... he said dingling. No, 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 not dingling. Although, Chuck Berry, for goodness sakes, you invented rock and roll and then you go and do that. Child. You do a song about your winkle. <laughs> He's a naughty man, isn't he? Uh, apparently. Yeah, very much so. Oh, no, we don't want that. Hang on. Oh, no, we don't want that. Hang on. We want that. Yeah, we go. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound, slow going between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. Also the M25 anti-clockwise, we've got very slow traffic between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. At Brickettwood, the North Orbital, heavy going at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And also the delays on the A1M southbound building. That's busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Monday the 12th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Figures obtained by this radio station show there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to the southbound during the roadworks period. A compromise has been reached in a long-running row over the chiming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today and there will be no Ashley Cole. The Chelsea star has announced his international retirement after being left out. I like how they announce their international retirement when they've not been picked, when they've been basically been told they're not going to play internationally anymore anyway. Taking the ball home. Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm retiring! Well, no, I dumped you! No, I dumped you! I dumped you! I dumped you! Now, I've got some exciting news. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Got a new weather girl today. Right. Should we find out? Yeah. Find out if she's any good. Let's get the latest weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. There will be a uh, mixture of sun spells <laughs> and... Ska- do you mind? I, I do, actually. I'm your weather voice. This new weather girl sounds a lot like our old <laughs> Kelly Betts. Oh. No, she's been sacked. This is a new weather girl. The thing I is, shall continue. That's her trying to do a posh voice. <laughs> There will be a mixture of sunny spells and scattered showers today. Some of the showers will be heavy and thundery at times, but winds will be lighter than in recent days. Therefore, yes. the nature of the showers are likely to be Wet. slow moving, leading to some prolonged downpours in places, wow. particularly over the downs. I'm assuming 
Dunstable Downs. Feeling pleasant in the sunny spells, in between the showers. Maximum temperature of 15 degrees Celsius. That's the weirdest thing That's I've ever way. heard. If you believe that, you believe anything. Yeah, but fantastic. Thank you, Kelly. Hey, I had a weird thing. I had a weird weather. Okay, so things that put you off beaches. Do I do my normal voice now? Yes. Oh, hi. And weird weather. Right. right. Weird weather. I had a weird weather thing. It was very rainy at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Saturday, I'm driving. I'm stuck in traffic. Okay, stopped at the traffic lights. On the other side of the traffic lights, it's raining. Where I am... It's not raining. It's not raining. What? Isn't that weird? That's weird. That's weird weather. That is weird weather. Weird weather, call me now. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four... It's better than what puts you off the beach. Here's a good one. Go on. This one's going to go. This is the one. All right. The late Peter... Is it weird weather? No, it's mediums. Oh, and you know we've got um, oh, don't Psychic Gary's best client. Don't, because ju- then Justin will start looking for more Ev. We don't want to encourage him. <laughs> well, listen, it works. We know it works. Yes. The late Peter Sellers' youngest daughter, Victoria, announced She's in troubled. the press... She's troubled. Yeah, yeah, that her father has apologised via a medium yeah. for excluding her from his will. Look, if she believes it and it makes her feel better, what's the harm? Birdie num-nums. Sellers pictured... <laughs> I'm glad they've said it was him pictured, because you might think it was Victoria and think, did she look like her dad? Did, did, she, did she look like my old teacher, Mr Collins? He died, age 54, in 1980, with barely... And, and barely left his three children a penny, with the bulk of his 5.5 million fortune going to his fourth wife, Lynn Frederick. Victoria, 41, claims she's now let go of the anger. She can hardly oh. be blamed for bearing emotional scars. Friends recall oh, okay. the notoriously superstitious Sellers once even flew into a rage. Why? Because she wore a purple dress and he thought it was unlucky. She would have, he would have hated Catholicism and Prince then, wouldn't he? So what's Ooh. the question? Yeah, the, 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 medium. Have you come to terms with something through the help of a medium? Oh, flipping it, Kath. We might have to just go, can you find up and say birdie num-nums? I've got, I've got a good one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But it's that whole thing of, if it makes you feel better, is there any harm in it? Y- y- yes, there is. Would you like to hear my one? Yes, I suppose okay. so. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Doesn't Susanna Reid look great on... Oh, this oh. This Flip right. You, uh, no, so... She's wearing turquoise. This is what we've got so far. What ruins the beach? Um, uh, weird weather. Have you spoken to Peter Sellers via the magic of no, a medium? No, no, no. Mediums. If they help, is there any harm in it? And isn't Susanna Reid hot? No. Doesn't she look nice today on Good Morning, This Is Britain, Welcome to Britain? Oh, dear. Oh, I, I, the phones have literally gone cold. You two have killed my good phone in. That's what you've done. I play the street light Because there's no place I can go Street light It's the only life I know
Oh, goodness gracious me. Hey, that's a tune, isn't it, Justin? Oh, morning, boss. That absolutely terrific. Truth. Where's yeah. Randy Crawford these days? Please don't tell me she's dead. Uh, no, no, I don't think so anyway. Um, she's probably at home just um, enjoying life. She's made so many great songs. She's probably just well, uh, enjoying retirement. Good for Randy. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> the Americans just don't get it, do they? <laughs> Randy slash inappropriate names. Yeah. I mean, come on. Does someone... I slash comes from Britain, doesn't he? He's British. Yeah, I think so. Is Apparently, it? do you know what? Somebody said to me they saw him in Bucks somewhere um, at the local vets. So he, he must be local. <laughs> Seriously. Getting to. <laughs> I wonder, because he, he's British. You'd think someone would have said, hey, Slash, do you, yeah. do you know what your name means in Britain, mate? Mm-hmm. You know, come on, for goodness sakes. Now, Justin Dealey. Yes. Lots, we, we've thrown out lots of things this morning, mm. including, what is it we've talked, what have been the phone-ins? What ruins a beach? What ruins a beach? Uh, what ruins a beach? I would say, well, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what does ruin a beach. <laughs> I wasn't expecting an answer, I was just telling I've you. I've had uh, two fights on a beach before. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody Inside kicked rumbles. a ball at my fiance at the time. Yeah. Uh, got up, I took on fifteen of them, and it was one of those uncom- one of those Children. uncomfortable moments where you get up and you start something, yeah. and then you think, "Oh, hang on, there's fifteen. Yeah. They went, "Oh, I'm really sorry." So then, when they backed down, I then carried on. Um, did, then... Did, did their mum and dad's not get involved? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they could barely speak a word of English. That was quite an interesting conversation. Okay. And um, the other time was when um, we had about twenty blokes in tight speedos yeah. um, jumping on each other uh, and doing inappropriate things on a beach in Ionapa. Yes, I know I was in Ionapa at the time. I was there on a romantic break. Again, it kicked off. So, Can two I examples. maybe you were on their beach? No. It no, sounds they're like on my Justin, beach. The, the, what you're saying is you ruin a beach. No, not me, boss. Okay, so we've got things that ruin a beach. Were yep. you in your mankini, though? Because that oh, always no, causes trouble. No, I only wear mankinis, not on the beach. I only right. wear them on the balconies. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> so there's 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 that. There's weird weather. The thing is, he's serious. I know he is. There's weird weather. Weird weather. Right. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was stuck stuck at some traffic lights. On the other side of the traffic lights, it was raining. Where I was, there weren't no rain. It was sunshine. Uh, well, somebody funny you should say that. Asked me yesterday. Um, has it? Have we ever had a day where it has rained? Yes, we have. It's snowed. Oh. And we've also had high temperatures all in one day in this country. Oh. Has that ever happened? Oh, somebody asked me that question yesterday. Okay. I said I don't know. I'll ask the boss. Well, uh, um, yes, we have. Okay. Um, that's the answer to that. And mediums. Uh, have you ever spoken yeah, like to Peter Sellers through the uh, <laughs> through a medium? Birdie num nums. Peter Sellers' daughter feels better. She thinks she's resolved her problem with her dad not leaving her any money in the will. And we're asking um, if medium helps. Is there any harm in it? I like that one because, as you know, I believe there are people out there with special powers. I don't. Oh, for goodness' sake! I don't. I don't want any more Ev from Justin. The other thing is, doesn't Susanna Reid look nice today? She the, does. The other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on! How many have we got? Here? Five. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gary Barlow. Yes. What? What's the question? Have you Gar- gone off Gary? Have you gone off Gary? Fans call for Barlow to be stripped of his OBE after tax dodge. Um. Gary Barlow faced a furious backlash from fans last night. I don't think they're Gary Barlow fans. After a court ruled he'd invested in a massive tax avoidance scheme. Basically, he paid millions of pounds into this thing. It was a... Scam is too strong a word because yeah. it, was, it, was, it was legal, but he's been told he's got to pay it back. It was unethical. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Wait, I, I, I've I, got I, another one uh, first, quickly. No, yeah. no, no, you haven't. Right. 
Go. We've only got a minute left. I'll do mediums. Seconds. Okay, I'll do mediums. Yeah. I think a lot of people mm, listening gosh. right now have stories on mediums. But also, Gary Barlow, yeah. um, I'll ask people, um, have they been turned off, was it, by Gary? Or have they gone what off was Gary? The question? Have you gone off Gary? Have you gone off have Gary? You, have you gone off um, Gary? Just going to put it out there. Why do people get so upset about this? Because, as you say, that there, there is somebody earning millions of pounds. If I earn millions of pounds and I was paying 50% tax yeah. and I could do something legally yeah. not to pay 50%, tax, well, surely everybody would do that, wouldn't they? So what's the problem? So you're on Barlow's side. Uh, have I got it wrong here? Why do people get so angry if people are doing something legally trying okay. to save themselves money? Okay, so have you gone off Gary? 08459 555555. And in conjunction with that, have you gone off Justin? <laughs> 08459 555555. Thank you, Just. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also got delays now between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound, slow going between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport, Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Now on the northbound carriageway between Junction 16 for Daventry and the Watford Gap services, two lanes are closed after an accident with queues on the approach. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Three Counties Radio, here's the news with Simon Oxley. That was pathetic. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no worries. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines. Thousands more speeding tickets on the M1 northbound. Campaigners welcome Hatfield incinerator delay and Harfordshire's Hamilton reigns in Spain. BBC Three Counties Radio. Speed cameras on the southbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire were not fully operational for a large part of the roadworks period. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many tickets issued on the northbound stretch compared to southbound. More from Jessica Cooper. In the last two years, between junctions 10 and 13, almost 16,000 drivers were caught speeding on the northbound carriageway, in comparison to just over 500 on the southbound side. All of the roadworks were finished by the end of last summer. Southbound, fines were issued in November and not again until March of this year. The Highways Agency says the speed cameras became operational as soon as they were ready and it's down to drivers to stick to the limit. Campaigners say the government postponing a decision on the controversial new Barnfield incinerator in Hatfield will work in their favour. All sides have been asked to make more submissions with a decision delayed until after the general election. Campaigner Cathy Rowe remains confident. This particular site, we have a very strong case on tanning issues, you see, particularly because of um, the effect on um, the landscape and on the heritage assets, including Hatfield House. In other cases, not necessarily incinerators but in other cases that is um, obviously considered extremely important. The employers organisation the CBI has issued a warning about the risks of rising house prices. It says interest rates may have to rise sooner than expected early next year. A long running row over the chiming of church bells in a Harvardshire village may soon be coming to an end. A compromise has been reached in Ashwell between those who want the bell 
cells kept and those who want them silenced. More from Tony Fisher. At a parish council meeting, it was agreed the bells would be silenced for a trial period between the hours of 11pm and 7am. This will give those who want to keep the chimes time to come up with an as-yet untested mechanism to allow the chimes to ring quieter at night and within the legal limits. North Hearts District Council says it's pleased with the recent productive discussions and hopes they will result in an optimistic outcome. Gary Barlow is facing calls to hand back his OBE after a court ruled that he'd invested in a scheme that was predominantly designed for tax avoidance. The Take That star may have to repay millions of pounds in tax relief. The Labour MP Margaret Hodge, who chairs the Public Accounts Committee, said the singer might now like to show a bit of contrition by giving back his OBE. In Sport England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad in Luton today and there will be no Ashley Cole. Manchester City are Premier League champions after beating West Ham 2-0 and Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton leads the Formula One Championship after a fourth successive win. And out of the final corner comes Lewis Hamilton. He takes a victory in Spain and he swerves his car from left to right. It means so much to him. Rosberg threw the kitchen sink at him but Hamilton resisted. Victory in Spain for Lewis Hamilton. The weather a mixture of sunny intervals and showers a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's the right size. It's it's not overbearing. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. Hatfield House and the old town. There's just a lot of history down there. It's all about where you live. I've lived here all my life. Live enough. I enjoy it. I like swimming pool. I like to swim. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Disgusting, disgusting human being. And this is disgusting. All right. Disgusting human being has left fingernails in the studio. I saw something. I went, oh, what's that? I touched it. It's a fingernail. It's a small fingernail. I'm going to touch it. I'm going in. Right. It's a small one. That's either a child or a lady. That is a child or a lady. It's disgusting. You Could be what, Catherine? Could be a tiny man. I don't think it's... Th- that is smaller than my sm- little finger Thinking. fingernail. Show me. I'm going to rest it on my... That's tiny. That's a child or a lady? Lady's pinky. It's a lady's brights. OK, so we narrow it down. So what lady... Right, ladies. Why would you leave a fingernail in a studio? So it looks like they must have chewed it off and spat it out. They've done, they've done that. <laughs> it's that. It's that that's the, mo- the motion. Your tongue has to be involved. In the <laughs> when you do it out of a car window and it just goes down your face. Oh, I've never done that. Oh. Disgusting. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Big show is happening at some point this week. Catherine, what on earth is... St- my chair's got a dentist. She's she's rocking back and forth with a weird expression on her face. Squeakiest chair. Here we go. Listen. That's not the chair, that's your buttock. <laughs> Cat's squeaky buttocks. Coming up on the show, wonky speed cameras, silent church bells... And giant dead birds. 08 459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Is that better? Hang on. I've got to replicate the motion. 
Yep, silent. Okay, she's put some oil on her buttocks and that seems to have solved the problem. Fantastically. We're also asking, what ruins a beach for you? Uh, weird weather. Doesn't Susanna Reid look hot? Have you ever spoken to Peter Sellers via a medium? Um, and have you gone off Gary and have you gone off Just? I think that's got it covered, There's yeah. six. How many calls have we had on those six topics? None, but you haven't given the phone number out. 08459 four double five five double five. There we go. In stereo and indeed almost harmony. <laughs> now, roadworks on the M1 in Bedfordshire were completed last summer and we all had a, a great street party. Were, were you there? But it turns out the speed cameras on the southbound side have only been issuing tickets since March, seven months later. This show has obtained figures from Bedfordshire Police which show that in the last two years almost 16,000 motorists were sent speeding tickets after being flashed by northbound cameras. Southbound, only 500 were issued. Well, according to the Highways Agency, the speed cameras were working from the start but had to be calibrated before Bedfordshire Police could start issuing penalties. Ian Taylor is a spokesman for the Alliance of British Drivers. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Ian. Drivers have been using the southbound carriageway thinking they could be fined when the cameras weren't calibrated to issue fines. What do we make of that? Well, it's a bit of a, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? It's a bit of a lottery. It's not the only place this has happened. Um, I know on parts of the M25 also, um, a lot of cameras have a reputation for not actually being in use. Um, so I, I, I guess we should be sticking to the speed limits anyway. So does it really, if it, it, does it really make a difference? Probably not a lot, actually. Um, that's an amazing difference between the north and south bound, and um, those that have been working have um, given an awful lot of penalties out. Mm. Um, and, of course, um, they were given penalties out to people who were driving along much as they normally do, um, who, who weren't causing any particular trouble. Um, when that many um, people get penalties, I think the question seriously has to be asked, are the limits set right? You're, you're suggesting that maybe we should increase the limit? Yes, it's something uh, the Alliance of British Drivers has long wanted the limits to be up somewhat to uh, what people are actually doing. Well, so, uh, well, th- th- some people are doing various different speeds. I've been doing a lot of driving recently to Birmingham and to Manchester, and I have seen people... Uh, I've been doing 70, <clears throat> and I have seen lots of people bombing past 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. What would you recommend it's increased to, Ian? Right. Well, of course, the government did um, tempt us by saying they were thinking of putting it up to 80, which is something we would um, thoroughly approve of. Um, There are, in fact, some people in my organisation that would like to see it be 90, but certainly at least 80. Um, That There is a, a sound and scientifically tested method of setting speed limits that takes, shall we say, emotion and politics right out of the question. It's called the 85th percentile rule. Oh, yes. What's um, that? It's, um, well, it, it's, uh, it's too complicated to go into. It would take too long to go into in detail now. Basically, it means you take a, a good day in good weather, in free-flowing traffic, and um, measure the speed of all the traffic, and you set the speed limit at 85% of what uh, of what the average what most people are doing. Oh blimey! Okay. Um, it, 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 it it increases compliance. There is some evidence from other from around the world, in fact, that um, y- it actually improves your your accident rate. And of course, you don't have all the bother of people getting penalties. 
Um, if, if anyone wants to know more details about that, there's a full explanation of the whole thing on the ABD's website, abd.org.uk, along with our reasons for recommending this. One of the things that uh, is on the M1, it's on lots of motorways now, is the variable speed limit. You'll be driving along at 70, uh, and then the sign will flash up saying 50, and then the next sign will say 60. Does that have any impact, apart from frustrating people? Well, yeah, it, it certainly frustrates people. It, it sounds marvellous when you first talk about it, because if there's an accident or something holding people up, it can act as a forewarning. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, like so many drivers, I too have had the experience, you, you get these things do flash up, very often without a proper explanation of why, and you drive for miles and then it comes off and there seems to be no reason for it. Yeah. Now, that can have a negative effect, because once that's happened to you a few times, uh, drivers stop taking so much notice of it. Um, and, and there are occasions where it does need to be taken notice of. It is, and this is an issue we've talked about a lot, Ian, that, that people um, become frustrated and start to disbelieve the, uh, the, the, the motorway signs, don't they? I know, um, and that, that is another thing about motorway signs. Um, sometimes they can give out really useful information, but there's other times when they're just used to put, shall we say, somebody inane little slogan little slogans out. Oh, wear a seatbelt. Hey, don't text and drive. That's right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yes, hadn't thought of that. My favourite sign, I've seen lots of these recently, this sign is not in use. Have you seen those ones? <laughs> I, um, not very often, but I have seen them, yes. Um, what, what, if they're not using them, why switch them on? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you speak the sense. Ian, it's good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Ian Taylor, spokesman for the Alliance of British Drivers. This sign is not in use. It's a great sign, isn't it? Fantastic. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Right. BBC Three Counties We've got Radio. another one. Here we go. Number seven. Phone in number seven. Okay. Uh, good or bad endings to TV shows. Right. I finally, and, and no spoilers, don't worry, I finally got around to watching the end of Breaking Bad last night. I'd forgotten I'd not seen the last six episodes, and so I had a, a mad weekend of watching Breaking Bad. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, it's, um, can I say this? Yes, I can. It's the best television series of all time. Really? Yep, 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 yep. Isn't it man gets ill, yep. man starts cooking up his own drugs? Yep. Man gets involved in um, the downward spiral. Yeah. Uh, man, man, incidentally, is in Good Story. Oh, right, OK. That's it. It is the best television... Because for a while I thought Lost was the best television no. programme of all time. Lost was brilliant until the last 20 minutes. You went, oh, you, you complete and utter... You've stitched me up for six years. Lost was sort of the beginning of the Americans uh, taking telly too far. Yeah, no. When you well, think, oh, you should have done one series. No. Or two. No. They, but well, they stretched it out, the, started bringing all, all more ridiculous things in. No. That's when I lost No, Lost was good, but they ended it spiritually. They should have ended it, ended it scientifically. Right. Science fictionally. So what happened in the end of Lost? Don't listen if you uh, are planning to watch that. <sighs> the end of Lost, right. Oh. Sorry, you all right? Sorry, I just sipped my tea and it's delicious. The very, very end of Lost. Uh, They're it's, all dead. They weren't all dead, but they are all dead hundreds of years in the future and they'll go off to heaven. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. And I, I bought What's into Lost. What's the polar bear about then? Um... 
well, they didn't explain a lot of other things as well. They copped out. Whereas Breaking Bad, they tied up all of the loose ends. It was all beautifully done. Everything was resolved. It was wonderful. So, good and bad endings of television series. Call me now, 08459 455 555. Kelly Betts. You didn't let me do my one. Uh, Inappropriate uh, artist names. <gasps> Call me now, 08459 455 555. So we've got um, Slash. Lulu. Yeah. Randy Crawford. Yeah. Bono? Yeah, Oh, do. come on. What? I'll love that. <laughs> I mean, because it's like a dog food, dog food, yeah? Oh, good. Yeah. I don't know what you were thinking, girls. That's it. We've done them. No, we haven't. Good phone-in. There'll be loads more. Well, hang on a second, Kath. You've put forward three phone-ins, and you've had no phone calls about those. So People... don't diss Kelly Betts for at least having a blooming good go. People are digesting it. No worries, mate. People are digesting it. Top of the Lake, that was good. Did you watch Top of the Lake? What? That was a brilliant ending. What? A brilliant... Well, I don't even know what Top of the Lake is. Oh, catch up on it. Well, I'm not going to. It was a, it was a 2013 television miniseries. She said reading it from Wikipedia, yes. With Elizabeth Moss off of Mad Men in it. Yeah. And Holly Hunter's in it. All right, here we go. Here's, another, here's number eight. What? Number nine, because we've got uh, inappropriate rock star names. Uh, number nine is TV series you bailed out of. Mad Men. I got four, yes, I did four I. episodes. I enjoyed the first series... But not a lot happened. And in the second series, not a lot happened. I thought, ah, forget this. Yeah, too much of a commitment. Forget this. I've got number 10. Yes. Should I buy some heart-shaped glasses like the 60s for, for Glastonbury? My, little, my youngest was wearing um, some pineapple glasses at the weekend and it really made me chuckle. Amazing. It really made me chuckle. Good for him. But he's two. <laughs> what are you saying? I just ordered my boy a record player. Did you? Yeah, I'm re- he's, he, he said he wanted a record player at the weekend. I've just ordered him one, 40 quid. A proper one, not yep. one of the kids' plastic. No, ones. proper one, plays records, oh. brand new. It's, it's only new. Cheap, wow. It's cheapy little things, built on speakers. I wish I was your son. Yeah, well, in many ways, in many ways, you are. Oh. Good chat. <sighs> great bands, guys, great bands. Not forced in the slightest. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound looking slow now between the Toddington services and Junction 9 for Redbourne. Also the A1M southbound heavy going between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Looking on the speed sensors in Harpenden, the high street heavy going in both directions around Station Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 7.16, it's Monday the 12th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to the southbound during the roadworks period. A compromise has been reached in a long-running row over the chiming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today. Ashley Cole has uh, announced his international retirement after being left out. Oh, boo-hoo, Ashley! BBC Three Counties Radio. Ashley! I say Ashley! 
every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting introducing American-type sentencing, like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from 9 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, there are some people in Ashwell, the wonderful, marvellous, picturesque, beautiful village of Ashwell, that want the quarterly chimes on the church turned off at night. Other people want them kept. Now, I'm a big fan of the church bells. Love church bells, I think it's wonderful. And hey, guess what? If you move into a village that's got a church and church bells, then you might have to listen to church bells. Well, a compromise, a compromise may have been reached. The parish council says the bells will be silenced at night until those behind the Save Our Chimes group in the village develop a new mechanism to allow them to ring quieter and within the legal limits. Well, Chris Pack is from Save Our Chimes. Morning, Chris. Morning. Give us a little bit of a background to this. Well, why, why do some people want the church bells stopped? Um, well, they're, obviously they're complaining that they're, uh, lo- they're getting lack of sleep during the evenings, um, between the hours of 11 for, at night until 7 in the morning. Um, the North Hearts Council were, were threatening to serve a noise abatement notice because they were above the decibel limit. So it's been an ongoing, ongoing saga for probably 18 months. And we feel now that um, there is some light at the end of the tunnel, if you like. So the compromise is you have to... The the bells will be switched off at night until you find a bell muffler. Yes, we have... Well, we've got, basically, if if we we want the 100% support of the parish council now to work on our mechanism, we have six months or as long as it takes, and that was written down from the meeting of the parish council, um, we've been in contact with a, a clock engineer who is very, very confident, um, and I've had a long conversation with him yesterday, very, very confident that what we can do is, once it arrives around to 11 o'clock in the evening, the mechanism will slow down and it will, it will make the chimes ah. just below the decibel limit, ah. limit required. So it's, it's a slow... So you're not going to put a sock on, on uh, the end no. of your bell. It's, it's no. uh, slowing down that will so- silence, yeah. or make it softer. Yeah. Yeah, so this mechanism will cut in at 11 o'clock in the evening um, and it will run through until 7 o'clock in the morning and then the chimes will be exactly as they are during the day. Now, as far as I'm aware, I don't want any names, of course, but there's only a handful of people that are upset by this, aren't there? Yes, there are, yeah. Uh, Do you think that will appease them? To be perfectly honest, from what Andy Godman has said at North Arts District Council, it wouldn't make any difference because if they are below the decibel limit as guidelines from the World Health Organisation, they couldn't complain anyway. Well, they they could still complain. They just wouldn't necessarily have a legal um, point to complain from. Exactly, and then there would be no threat of a noise abatement notice. But but do do you think that that whether it's within the legal limits or not, do you think that this will appease those people who are upset? 
Uh, I, th- I would like to, I would like to think that they would take that as a, as, as a resolution, but then obviously in the statute of law they couldn't complain anyway, mm. even if the, even if they were ringing at night. The only the only real losers out of this are the the, the people in the village that are, um, the the blind, you know, the, the hard of hearing, and what? quite a number of well the the blind, Why? the hard of hearing. Well, a lot of them use it for you know obviously, and, and there's older people in the village that have lived in the village yeah. near to the church, live on their own, they're going to lose out on something that they've had for, for many, many years. That's, that, that's the only shame of it. Why will, the, feel- I'm why will the blind and the elderly lose out? Well, because a lot, a lot of the the blind, maybe blind people and and um, partially deaf people use the chimes, listen to the chimes to know what time of day is. They've got watches, and though, a- haven't they? They'll have watches. Well, they, yes, but a watch wouldn't be good, good to anyone who's blind. No, you can get speaking watches. I'm, I, yeah, I mean, the majority yeah, of blind I, I people have speaking watches. I, I, I get that. It's just, uh, to be perfectly honest, it, it's, it's more about history as well. You know, they, they've been ringing for so long. And this could be this could be a very positive thing for other people all over the country if we can develop this mechanism, that, because this is going on all over the country. Supposing your new system doesn't work, Chris, and it is ruled that the bells have to be switched off between, say, seven at night, or, or sorry, it's eleven at night, isn't it, and six in the morning? Yeah. yeah. Uh, supposing they have to be switched off permanently, how devastating would that be for you? It would be devastating, but we are very, very, very confident this solution will work. We've had we've had a, a conversation with the engineer. I had a very, very long conversation and meeting with the engineers yesterday. And they are more than confident that this solution will work. If they, final question, Chris. If, if they were switched off, how would that make you feel as a person? Um, I'd, I'd feel, I'd feel, I'd feel that we'd sort of, um, in essence, let the rest of the village down because um, everyone's everyone has been very, very supportive of our fundraising. Uh, we've got to pay for the mechanism ourselves, yeah. um, which is three thousand pound. Um, we are raising money, and to be perfectly honest, I, I can't see any reason why we wouldn't raise the remainder of the money to do it. Well, Chris, listen, thank you very much. Do let us know how developments, uh, well, how developments develop, really. It's Chris Pack from Save Our Chines. Listening to that is Lisa Lavia from the Noise Abatement Society. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Ian. Uh, it seems a solution is on its way, but it, it, should it really have come this far? Well, ideally not. Um, it's always best, of course, if communities can find a workable solution for noise problems that doesn't lead to this level of, you know, division within the community over time. However, what is good about this is that even in adverse circumstances, the community is at least trying Mm. to work together and looking at all options, and at least they've been open to that. So we certainly would hope that they would find a solution that would work for them all. Lisa, it's only a handful of people that have complained. As far as I know, it's three or four people uh, uh, who've moved into the village, and I may have got this slightly wrong, but have moved into the village um, and have kind of kicked up a fuss. Is that fair against the people that have lived there all their lives? Well, what's important to realise with um, the way the noise law works is that it's for the protection of everybody. So everybody should, yes, have the right to complain What's important, though, is that the balance of rights and responsibilities is maintained, and that's the job of the local council to make, if you will, a fair ruling. So, yes, it is important that everybody's right is respected, but, of course, balance needs to be taken into account. Uh, And what was Chris was saying there, that, that with this new method of slowing down the mechanism so the noise will be slightly softer, it'll be below the, the legal limit. Does, is that the end of it then, Lisa? Well, the 
Statutory nuisance law in the UK does not require a limit, high or low. So it is for the local council to arbitrate and apply limits if they feel that that is what's required. So lowering the limit of the chime in and of itself doesn't necessarily have a legal bearing, but what it does mean is it could absolutely stop the complaints because this gets into the tonal quality of the sound, and, and these sorts of differences can absolutely make the difference between something causing a nuisance or not, and the engineer will have certainly been, have thought of that, which, which we applaud. Have you come across many stories like this? Um, we do get, um, I would say, regular complaints for people who are concerned about church chimes, and it does seem to be a mechanism to do with the chimes rather than the bells themselves. Right. So this could really help a lot of people if this gets sorted. Well, fingers crossed it comes to a peaceful solution. That's, uh, pun is intended, that's uh, Lisa Lavia from the Noise Abatement Society. Uh, a statement from North Hearts District Council. Uh, Andy Goodman, Head of Housing and Public Protection, said, we are pleased with the recent productive discussions, which we will hope will result in an optimistic outcome. Girls, I've just sent you an email. You might want to click on that um it's uh, been sent to me by dan on twitter it's um from uh, someone's posted um how much they enjoy the show and what they like to do when they're listening oh, no. to the show no. uh and <laughs> Hang on, I'm not it. turns out there was no need for you to send us that there was every need i want you to i want you to see how popular uh, I am when with people. When was that picture taken? That was a, that was uh, a long time ago. I was taken in, a, in a, well, it was taken a while ago. You looked like you were in deep thought. What were you thinking of? I was thinking I'm in a, I'm having my photograph being taken at great expense by a man who's smoking on a joint. How good is this photo going to come out? I bet it's rubbish. And boy, I was correct. That you, that really. Anyway, the photo is irrelevant. Mm. It's the, uh, the 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 description of what someone gets up to whilst listening to the show. I just want you to know that I'm still popular. Did you yeah. post that, Kath? Because yeah. it is what she does in here. Well, <laughs> Carpet Martin. <laughs> Carpet. If that were the case, we'd be in a whole lot of trouble. I can't, I, I can't even retweet that tweet, Dan, but thank you very much indeed. Wow. Carpet Martin says, best TV series ever, Brushstrokes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what Brushstrokes is, do you, Kels? No. What I wouldn't have given to have drunk in Elmo's wine bar. And also, I bailed out of The Wire after two episodes. It was all about popping caps and calling each other names. That's not for me. <laughs> I tried The Wire. I, got, I did four episodes of The Wire. And I just didn't get... I could, they're all mumbling. I started watching The Following recently. That's the Kevin oh. Bacon thing. I've watched about four before I started... Getting up, walking around the room, yeah. finding other things to do. You're not following the following. No. What's the French thing? Oh, that was good. The zombies. The others. The others. Brilliant. 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 Is that worth having a, 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 a... I might go for that next. For sure. And the good... Well, I'm not going to spoil it for no, you. Well, don't, well, you're about to. You no, put, no, no. no you're, you're, go, you're still going to. Don't even say that sentence. The good thing no, is, don't. No, no. The good thing is everyone sees it differently. You've totally ruined it for it's me. It's not like the Americans where they say, and by the way, this is what happened. Spoiler alert, guys. Thanks, Catherine. No, I still don't know what went on, but I still loved it. Oh, look, Kelsey's looking at mum and dad arguing. I just want a happy home. <laughs> you ain't going to get one here, love. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Redbourne, Dunstable Road looking very heavy as you head from the M1 towards the centre of town. Also in Kings Langley, there are queues on the A41 as you approach the M25. 
on the M25 itself. Anti-clockwise carriageway, very slow between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on the M1 itself, the London-bound carriageway, struggling between the Toddington services and junction 9 for Redbourne. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. It's been revealed that speed cameras on the southbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire were not fully operational for a large part of the roadworks period. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many tickets issued on the northbound stretch compared to southbound. A compromise has been reached in the long-running row over the charming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. The bells will be silenced between 11pm and 7am for a trial period, whilst a mechanism which allows quieter chimes at night is tested. And the employers organisation, the CBI, has issued a warning about the risks of rising house prices. It says interest rates may have to rise sooner than expected early next year. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad in Luton today and there will be no Ashley Cole. The Chelsea star has announced his international retirement after being left out. Southampton's Luke Shaw will take his place. The squad announcement will be made at around two o'clock at the Vauxhall headquarters in Luton. The company sponsor the England team. Manchester City are Premier League champions after beating West Ham 2-0. Liverpool confirmed second place with a 2-1 win over nine-man Newcastle. Here's captain Stephen Gerrard. Stop me till I'm 33 to get the experience of a, a proper genuine title race um, this squad's very young and the experience them lads out there are going to gain from this this roller coaster is, is going to be very important because I believe the title's not too far away if we continue to produce performances like we have in this season Elsewhere Tottenham beat Aston Villa 3-0 to claim the final Europa League place ahead of Manchester United and Norwich's relegation was confirmed after a 2-0 home defeat to Arsenal and next month's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes will be between Arsenal and Everton after both won their semi-finals yesterday the final at Stadium MK is on Sunday, June the 1st. Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton leads the Formula One Championship after a fourth successive win with victory in Spain. The Milton Keynes Red Bull team made a welcome improvement with Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel third and fourth, but it was Hamilton's day. Who would have thought? Even I would never thought when I came to this team that we'd be having four wins in a row and four uh, one-twos for the team. And to have such a big gap to the other guys, it's really, really remarkable what the team have done. They really are a sensation and, and me, I'm, I need to do a better job in terms of improving my, again, my car to be quick so I don't have to be battling my teammate always but otherwise I'm really happy. And Marion Voss of the Netherlands won cycling's Women's Tour of Britain, winning her third successive stage yesterday. Lucy Garner was the best place Britain in seventh overall. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text will be charged at a standard network rate. BBC Three Counties 
I'm kind of on a. Uh, I'm kind of on a strike. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Justin Dealey to uh, to come on as he's on next, and, and until he comes on, I, I'm going to keep hitting the jingles. All right, boss. All right, boss. All right, just. I like hey, Shep. Oh, oh, here we are. Fader three. All right, just. Hey, morning, boss. Good morning, just. How are you, boss? I'm good, thank you, just. Lovely. How lovely. are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Now listen, um, busy, busy show this morning. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gary Barlow. Yes. Gary Barlow, Gary Barlow, Gary Barlow, Gary Barlow. Fans call for Barlow to be stripped of his OBE after tax. They Basically, Gary Barlow, two, of the, two others from Take That, have invested in a tax avoidance scheme, completely legal, but it's been uh, deemed immoral, uh, unethical, and they've got to pay the money back. What I don't like, what papers and even news channels do now is they, they get people's quotes... From Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. That, well, You've got to be careful what you say on Twitter these that, days. But that's not news. They've got pictures like Joe Public commenting on this. They do this on Sky and they do yeah. this on the BBC. I have no... They are not journalists. They are just people giving opinion. It is irrelevant. Mm. Oliver James says, I don't blame Barlow for avoiding tax. I've been avoiding his music for years now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clever. Liam Connell says, I wonder if Gary Barlow's OBE is redeemable against tax. And Mark Gower says, Shane Barlow, can we... Take that OBE uh, back. What's he actually done wrong? Sorry? What's Gary Barlow actually done wrong here? He's Can in- somebody explain this to me? He has invested in an ethical um, tax haven to save himself money, to save himself contributing to the British society. Is it illegal? No, sir. OK, so why are we talking about it? Well, Do you because, see what I'm saying? Well, yes. Have I got this one wrong here? David Cameron's just saying that Gary Barlow shouldn't have to give back his OBE. Sorry? He shouldn't. Oh, David Cameron, that Gary Barlow's mate, who would have been instrumental in Gary Barlow getting the OBE. That's because his wife's probably got to take right. that's greatest hits from, what, two Christmases ago, and she likes it. I've got Sam Cam. Uh, just, just, just treat her with a little bit more respect, Just. Yeah. I've got a soft spot for Sam <laughs> Cam. Uh, well, the thing is, the thing is, right, what Gary Barlow has done is not illegal. Yep. It is unethical. And I just think, if you are an, a, a mem- an order of the British Empire, for that is what OBE stands for, I think, uh, then you've just got to be whiter than white, and you should not be avoiding uh, paying millions of pounds in contributing to the British society. That's why they... Yeah, fine, put, put in a claim for a haircut, put in a claim for a piano book, you know, put in those claims, but invo- uh, investing millions of pounds so that you don't have to contribute millions of pounds to, to British society, to the NHS, to schools, to roads, I think is, is perhaps wrong. But surely, in life, you've got to look after number one. I'm sorry, I've got to be honest about this this morning. I don't think there's going to be anybody listening to this right now. I'm not saying this for effect here. And no. This is how I genuinely feel. I'm sure that every single person listening right now, yep. if they were earning millions of pounds yep. and they could avoid paying millions of pounds in tax, surely, if they could do it legally, yep. they would do so, wouldn't yep. they? He shouldn't have accepted the OBE then. Okay. No, he shouldn't have... Ex- Listen, I've got an accountant, uh, and thanks to the unique way the BBC is run, uh, they've, been, they've forced me to set up my own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've got an accountant, and I put in claims for, you know, haircuts if I'm doing the telly, and I can get a yep. few quid off that. Uh, I, I put in claims for, for petrol, I get a few quid off that. You know, I do those kind of things, and my, I pay my accountant to save me as much money as possible. But, but, 
uh, he he de- de- deliberately doesn't advise me to invest money in these kind of schemes because he knows they're either immoral and, and, and ethical, and I wouldn't particularly want to do it. And particularly working for the BBC, maybe if I work for a commercial thing, it would be slightly different. Mm-hmm. But working for the BBC, having an OBE, you are under tip-top scrutiny, and you've got to be on your best behaviour. Surely Gary Barlow has got that OBE because he's a, a very very talented man. He's given a lot of pleasure to a lot of people. I'm sure he's done lots That's of charity work, That's lots of charity rumor. work as well. What's that got to do with him paying taxes? It's got nothing to do with he how is, much money he, he earns. It's about am- him. He is an ambassador for this country, Justin. He is uh, friends with the government. He is friends with royalty. He yep. is uh, an ambassador, and he is an inspiration to young people. And if young people see um, uh, cuddly Gary Barlow uh, avoiding paying tax, legally or otherwise, then they will want to emulate that. I think he should be stripped of the OBE if he has committed something absolutely horrendous, and that is a crime. He has done absolutely nothing wrong. What he has done is not illegal. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You've been asking people about this, Just What are they saying? Yeah, a lot of people talking about this, as you mentioned on Twitter. I've been uh, in Luton this morning asking people, have they gone off Gary? And this is what they said? Yes. Have you gone off Gary Barlow because of the tax avoidance? What, what, what do you think about he's this? He's gone up in my estimations. Well, he's um, just pretty much like everybody else, isn't he? Getting slaughtered by the tax man all the time. He's got plenty of money. Stash it away. Mm. So would you do the same then? I certainly would, yeah. Have you done the same? I can't say. <laughs> but a lot of people get very angry about this. Well, why do you think people get angry? Is it jealousy? Just look at the top 100 FTSE um, companies and look at how many of them are avoiding tax. And this is just one man in it. And he's technically doing nothing illegal, is he? Not really, no. Yeah. There's plenty of schemes out there to do it. So yeah. those people that, that are shouting at the radio saying, this is absolutely disgusting, I've gone off there, I won't be buying his records anymore. What do you think about those people? Oh, let them get on with it. If they're upset by it, let them get on with it. You know, he's, uh, he's just been a clever man, that's all. He's just doing what everybody else does. The government, royalty, the whole lot. Everybody's at it, mate. <laughs> that, that's it. Uh, I didn't particularly like him anyway, but yeah, it definitely has. He should give back his OBE. Why do you feel so strongly about this? Because we all pay tax, so <laughs> why shouldn't he? I mean, if you were, though, in fantasy world, but let's just say that, that you were a, a multimillionaire, mm-hmm. would you not try and play to the rules legally to avoid you paying the full rate in tax? <laughs> you probably would do, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, now that you've yeah put it like that, I suppose. But, so is it a jealousy thing, then? Based yeah. on what you just said, yeah. is it jealousy? <laughs> yeah, of course it is. I think it's atrocious. I think people in the light, public, like he is, should have a bit more common sense and just do the right thing with his money. Would you not do the same, though? If you were in his shoes and you knew that you could do something legally and pay less, would you not do it? No, because I'm not motivated by money. Root of all evil. Well, t- t- she's wrong. It's the love of money is the root of all evil, is the uh, thing. The group of which Barlow was the biggest investor are now likely to face repaying £20 million. So it's not It's not they've tried to save, you know, a tenner. Yeah. It's not even £100,000. It's not even a million pounds. It's £20 million. Mm-hmm. It's believed, take that, we're able to avoid... Get this, man, come on. It's believed, take that, we're able to avoid tax on about £63 million from world tours and CD sales. £63 million. Pounds. Yep. You're trying to avoid paying tax on that. It's a lot of money, but I, I think, you know, this morning, I think a lot of people are going to be like the first man there, who I think had, had done something similar himself without actually saying that. And, of course, if he had done that, um, that would be perfectly legal of him. But uh, I think a lot of people will say, fair play to Gary, because in this country, uh, 
we are ripped off. For example, if you go and buy a packet of cigarettes, if you go and fill up your car, when uh, I get my well, wage packet well, every single month, Ian, so much money comes out of my wage packet, yeah. some people say, do you know what? Yeah. I'm not prepared to do Listen, this anymore, and I'm going to do it legally Justin, and save myself some money. Justin, the amount you spend on growlers... Mm-hmm. Actually, no, that may come close to £20 million. The amount you spend <laughs> on petrol is a, yeah. is a drop in the ocean compared to one yes. of the richest people in this country, one of the most lauded pop stars in this country, copping out of paying a fortune. Yes, he has, but again, he's done so legally. If there's such a, a major problem with this, surely the rules and regulations have got to change to avoid people doing that. You can't blame somebody for doing something legally to save themselves money. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now at the weekend, Justin, it was the battle of the music shows on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. Yours was on between nine and twelve. How do you feel yours went? Um, I think I had a very powerful programme on okay. Saturday morning. Actually, incredibly powerful. OK. Mine was on between five and six, and if I'm completely honest, I forgot about it yeah. until ten to six, <laughs> uh, when I was in Ealing, West, uh, West London, and I thought, oh, I'm on the radio! Yeah. And I, t- I turned it on in Ealing, I could pick it up perfectly. And I thought it was very, very powerful, emotional, um, <clears> I, I'm going to say it, spiritual radio. I thought it was excellent, actually. I heard about, what, 15 minutes of the programme... Uh, on the way to the gym, I thought, oh, Ian Lee's back on the radio again. But um, <laughs> what, one bit of feedback for you, the links were slightly too long for a music programme. You know, probably, what, 30 seconds tops, not three minutes. Just well, no, saying, boss, I, you know? I think, well, yeah, if you want to do it, do it the easy way, then, yeah. then you can. If you can make those longer links work and add a bit of personality, then go for it. But it's not for everybody. Peter <laughs> is in Wolverton. Not everyone's got that skill. Peter, yeah. you listened to both shows. Is that right? Good morning, uh, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. And, and uh, Justin, of course. Yes, I, I listened to both uh, uh, programmes uh, with a critical ear, of course. Of course. And uh, uh, Justin uh, started off great with uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Uh, and so did you, Ian. Uh, the Who, I'm a Boy. Yeah, great Fantastic starts. rocks. Hmm. Um, both uh, had good content. Uh, I'm very pleased uh, with uh, all the golden oldies, etc. Uh, Ian, you had uh, lots of information on the stars and the people that actually yep. uh, were making the records, which was very interesting indeed. Yep. Um, out of ten, I would say Justin had ten, um, but Ian, I'm afraid you had ten as well. Right, we need a stewards. It's a photo <laughs> finish. <laughs> this is, we need a stewards. <laughs> but Peter, okay, Peter. I appreciate yes. that, and you, you, you're right. But if you had to... OK, your your house is burning. Yeah, Peter. Right, your house is burning down. You well, have, no, don't say that. No, well, it's not. OK, <laughs> right, the, the, right, but OK. The smoke alarm's going the off. The smoke alarm's yeah. going off. You're panicking. You've got... Uh, you're the boss of Three Counties Radio, OK? Yes. Yes. And you've got two compact discs. One is Justin's show, one yes. is my show. They are in separate parts of the house, Peter. You haven't got time to go and get both compact discs, but you know you have to get one, otherwise there's going to be a gap on the radio, and Beds, Hards and Bucks could not stand that. Which CD are you going to grab? Uh, attention! This is this is evil, isn't it? I, I'd save my wife first. Right, your wife's out. Your wife's your wife's <laughs> if, on holiday. If I had time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's unfair, isn't it? It really? is unfair. Yeah, all, all, all house fires, you, you all house fires are unfair. You, you both had very very good programs, and uh, they were different. Um, and 
uh, Ian, you had the last record was Beach Boys, yeah. and uh, Ian, um, Justin had uh, uh, the last record as Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes would give me tears. The Beach Boys would give me a smile. So, so mine I'd was go, better. I'd go for Ian. Yo, yeah. Peter, oh. we got there in the end. He's gonna get a slap. Gonna send the boys around. <laughs> Peter a slab. He's wished yeah, peace he, he upon us. You can't judge a programme on the last record. Oh, it was a great Beach Boys song I played. Bright Eyes, Art Garfunkel, just. Yeah, because somebody remembered it from their leaving doing. It made them cry. We, we go for, for the powerful musical memories. We, we just reach into a bag and pick out songs. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you're a good sport. I'll speak to you later on. 08459 555. Oh, 555. Work experience has just walked in. Uh, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound queuing between Turnford and the M25. Also on the sensors between Dunstable and the M1, the A5 heavy going in touches. The M1 London bound slow going between the Toddington services and Junction 9 for Redbourne. Then on the M40 northbound, things are struggling from the Denham roundabout to the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 7.45, it's Monday the 12th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to southbound during the roadworks period. A compromise has been reached in a long-running row over the chiming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today. Ashley Cole has announced his international retirement after being left out. Oh, bless him. Let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A little unsettled for the next couple of days. So for today, if you manage to dodge the showers, it could be fairly pleasant as there should be some decent sunny intervals. But where those showers do fall, they're going to be fairly heavy at times. And we've got a bit of a westerly breeze too, with temperatures reaching 14 or 15 degrees Celsius. At tonight, we'll have fewer showers around and some clear spells. We'll have temperatures down to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Tomorrow, after a cool start at first, the sunshine on the cards at times but also some of those showers quite heavy too but becoming fewer and further between as we head towards the end of the day so it should be a drier brighter end to the day with temperatures reaching about 13 or 14 degrees celsius now those showers die over through the eve die out through the evening and then on wednesday we've got some sunny intervals with just a chance of light showers but come thursday a very different picture altogether so it should be fine and dry with varying amounts of cloud sunny spells but becoming warm warmer locally. That's your latest forecast. We were there through the good. Ray with a header, and there's the 30 goals! Can he make it two? He can! Troy Deeney makes it two! Would you believe it? What for a two-up at the Etihad Stadium! We were there through the bad. Stevenage have been relegated from League One after losing 3-1 at home to Bristol City. And as quick as you like, Bristol City have gone from defence to attack and the ball's in the back of the net. And of course, we were there when this happened. Wickham Wanderers have won 3-0. Bristol Rovers have been beaten. And those Wickham fans are going mad. And we'll be back in August for another season of unrivaled coverage of your local team. Three Counties Sport. From BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Just having a little bit of banter with uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes. How's your cat doing? It's a bit sick. It's a bit sick this morning. Yeah, we heard. Turned out it was a furball. We heard. I emailed you. That's how you heard. Yeah, we announced. I'm saying the listener heard because oh, I you? told them. When you, did you tell that? Shortly did you say that between quarter to seven and seven fifteen. Uh, yes, I did. No, you didn't. Uh, yes, I did. Boyle, when did I, when yeah. did I say that um, Paul Scoyne's cat had been sick? You did. We discussed ways of uh, okay. stain removal. In that case, it must have been between quarter to seven and uh, six fifty-five. What were you doing then? I was uh, walking to my car. Just had to park a long way away from home today. That's, un- that's unfortunate. It is annoying. Uh, speaking of annoying, mm. this, this is a story that's been rumbling on for a long time. A decision on whether to go ahead with an energy from waste plant in Hatfield has been postponed by the government. A little bit of trouble reading this font. A decision on the new Barnfield facility was due to be made in the next week, but more evidence has been asked for by the Secretary of State. Well, BBC Three Counties political reporter Paul Scoynes has been looking into this. First of all, Paul, remind us of this proposal, because it's been going on for years, hasn't it? Indeed. It's uh, it first proposed around six years ago it is if you believe the uh, the people who are behind it it's a recycling and energy recovery plant if you believe the protesters it's an incinerator now violia who is the company which won the bid and hearts county council say it will burn around 380,000 tonnes of waste every year. That that would also help to, they say, increase the county recycling rate by 3%. It will generate 26 megawatts of electricity. That's enough to power 50,000 homes. And they say it would also, uh, and perhaps this is the real reason behind it, would save £31 million a year, uh, uh, £779 million over the life of the contract. And let's not forget, Ian, the cost of actually dumping rubbish into landfill is going up all the time. Very expensive. Uh, So it was a Approved by the council in October 2012. Um, there have been various appeals. Went to the Secretary of State to make a decision on it because it was in the Green Belt. There was a public inquiry last September. And then the report went back to Eric Pickles and he was supposed to make a decision by week today. So why the delay? Well, there's been a few updates to the sort of policies and rules. The local plan uh, actually identified that land where it is, uh, the south of Hatfield, for waste. Eric Pickles feels there needs to be, he's the Secretary of State, there needs to be some more evidence submitted as a result of this. Uh, And that means that campaigners for and against are going back to the table to submit further sort of uh, details of why they think it should or shouldn't be built. However, the delay suggests that it could be a good thing for the protesters uh, that according to them anyway Kathy Rowe from Hatfield against incineration says this has given them some hope Delay for us is um, a good thing, really. It, and the fact that the Secretary of State has asked us about these issues, we're, we're pleased because he, he didn't need to ask us. And, of course, more time without the incinerator is good for us. So um, still very, very hopeful. And, in fact, the delay, you know, we're hopeful that delay means it's less likely to happen. There has been a lot of opposition to this facility, hasn't there? Absolutely. I mean, not least the local council, which is well in Hatfield, District Council and a borough council, sorry, and the town's MP as well, who's the Conservative Chairman, Grant Shan. He actually wrote to Eric Pickles himself to urge him to have another look. Locals, they say that the recycling rates are rising. There's just not a need for this facility. Uh, they say that they were also trying to raise a lot of money to fund a judicial review. In the end, actually, advice suggests it wouldn't work. Local resident Sally Garrison says she hates the idea of this particular facility but thinks it will happen because no-one listens to the ordinary person. I've lived in Hatfield all my life. I was born here. And I've seen Hatfield be treated as... The- the lower 
class area. It always has been. It's just that's how it is. And they've put this chimney, they're going to put this chimney in Hatfield. Apart from all the fumes coming out and the, the particulates, then it's all going to fall on all the people in the area. You're washing, you put your washing on the line, it's going to be stinking. It's stinker, this, this rubbish. My husband is a lorry driver and he go, as he goes towards towns with these chimneys, he said, you can smell them, they're just disgusting. And that's going to be Hatfield. People have protested about it, people have said they don't want it, but uh, they, they will do it, they'll put it there, I know they will. And there's no way the ordinary people can stop it. This isn't the only uh, incinerator-type facility in our patch, is it? No, it's one of three large yeah. incinerators, in, 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 sorry, planned in Beds, Hearts and Bucks at the moment. Uh, one is in Calvert in Buckinghamshire. Uh, work began on that 300,000 tonne facility in September last year. Very controversial. Uh, indeed, Johnny Ball, the uh, uh, TV scientist, spoke in favour of that uh, facility. He was, for those who don't know Johnny Ball, he was um, like that spaceman before the spaceman, the guy from D-Ream. Uh, is that how people would most recognise Johnny Ball? No, but you know, who is the guy from D-Ream who's now everyone? The teeth? Bri- Cox. Brian Cox. My mum, I... My mum loves Dr. Brian Cox. Right. Professor, I believe. But excuse me. But Johnny Ball, and he was in D-Ream. Johnny Ball was in D-Ream. No, uh, Cox was in D-Ream. Everyone knows that. He hates talking about that, but Tough. everyone asked him. Uh, but Johnny Ball was kind of like him before him. Mm, okay. And then he retired to become Zoe Ball's dad. Yeah, famously. Yeah. Well, there's that one. And another one at uh, Rookery South, Rookery Pit in Stuart B, and that's a huge 585,000 tonne incinerator. That seems to have stalled at the moment, Ian. Last year, Cavanta, which is the company behind it, were appealing for partners, has got full approval, and I understand we may know more about what happens next there soon. Excellent stuff indeed. Mm. Uh, Stay with me, Paul, because we've been talking this morning about what ruins the beach for you. Uh, For me, it is, well, A, the sand... Be the sea, see mm. the um, sea urchins. I tr- have you ever trodden on a Ooh. sea urchin? I've never been anywhere where there have been sea urchins. Yeah. Don't go on those exotic holidays. Barbara's in Stevenage. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Barbara, you're through to myself, Ian Lee and Paul Scoynes. Good morning. Right, good morning. Ian, don't go anywhere near those jellyfish. They are deadly. They will sting you like mad. Even when they're on the beach and you think they're dead, they still sting. They're called man-of-war jellyfish. They've been going around for donkey's years. But the point is, that's where they first originally found them in Portugal. And they they come into the harbours and anywhere, and they will sting like mad. And they they come in packs, you know, they oh, they gosh. swim together. So you, sometimes you go out the boat and they're actually in packs and, you can, know. Can, I'm going to say something that might sound silly. Go on. Can jellyfish talk to each other? I don't know if they can talk to each other, but they kind of communicate because they go around in... Psychically. They, well, presumably whatever they do, but they actually go around in, in pods and things like that. Psychic jellyfish in pods. This sounds like you're nodding at this, Paul. You, you know a lot about jellyfish, do you? Uh, well, I know that the Portuguese man of war isn't the most uh, dangerous jellyfish on the planet. What is the most dangerous? I believe, and I'm willing to be corrected because I'm not a botanist, but... That's not what I heard. I understand the uh, box jellyfish from Australia is far. That's that about right, yeah. like Barbara. But you don't get them in England. You no, don't get them in England. To be fair, you don't really get the Portuguese man of war in England, do you? No, but only if hot weather comes in. Well, and you've got you've got some. It does hot depend weather on the Gulf in. Stream, yeah. and that is changing at the moment. But, but yeah. in defence to Barbara, there's more likelihood of getting a Portuguese man of war than a box fish. 
jellyfish. Yeah, considerably more. There, there is. Well, it depends where you, where you live. But as I say, don't don't go even go near them on the beach when they're dead. Oh, don't, oh. don't look at them. Don't look at them. Don't touch them even. Can I not even look at a psychic dead jellyfish <laughs> in don't, a pod? Don't prod them. Don't touch them. What? Is it actually jelly? No, I don't know what it is. But it looks like a polythene bag and everybody goes up and touches them and they sting like mad. Is it... The, now, Paul, you'll know about this. Is it the jellyfish where if I were to be stung, unfortunately, by a Portuguese animal or a yeah. boxfish, mm. uh, and we were out swimming together mm. and I got stung, mm. would I have to ask you to urinate on me? Uh, some of the milder stings can be uh, alleviated with, with ammonia, which, of course, is partly what uh, urine is made of. Or always conduct. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'd rather sting than have you wee wee on me. Mm. The box, though, that's that's beyond even human. You need. Uh, oh. You need. You need, you need I mean, basically, it, it is a. It, it attacks your nervous system. All right, oh. mate, calm down. Why do we have jellyfish, Barbara? What? What? what I haven't got. Can't we? There. Can we not start the campaign now? Um... Cadge. I've just started a campaign called Cadge. Kill all jellyfish. Can't we electrocute the sea or something and get rid of all jellyfish? No, that wouldn't work. Why why not? Because you'd electrocute all the fish as well. That's the price we have to pay for freedom. No, 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 no. This is is all the butterfly flapping its wings, though, Ian, you know. Sorry? Mm. I don't want to kill butterflies, although I hate them, but I let the butterflies live. I'm I'm generous like that. But the jellyfish, let's run... uh, Not Hitler, the other fella. Who was the good one? Churchill, Barbara. Mm. One of his plans, and you'll know this, Paul, one of his plans when we, we were losing the war was to set fire to the English Channel. Have you heard that, Paul? I haven't heard that. That yet. is a fact. Is have you heard that, Barbara? No. Catherine, have you heard that? No. OK, Kelly, have you heard that? No. OK, right. Back me up. Someone, I need an old man or someone to back me up on there. War person, war set man. Set fire to the Channel. His, honestly, his plan... This is absolutely true. His plan was to kind of flood the Channel with barrels of oil and then set fire to them. Was that in the same part of his notebook along with uh, exploding cigars? Right. Didn't he find right. most of the war drunk? And I'm, I mean that with, in, the gra- with the greatest respect, but seriously, though he he was pretty off his face on gin most of the time so barbara you're you're gonna be the head of cadge kill kill all jellyfish mm. you're our figurehead okay thank you barbara i appreciate that paul's gonna do some research for me uh, and very specific research <laughs> right okay listen to this because you totally muffed it up last time and that fella phoned up to have a go at me so listen mm. can you find out about Churchill's plan to set fire to the English Channel for me and then come back and apologise. Well, hang on. Apologise for what? Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call from Dennis on the M1 London bound between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. One lane is closed after a car's broken down, looking extremely heavy on the approach on the sensors, adding to the delays that were already there. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. Also between the M1 Junction 9 and Redbourne Town Centre, Dunstable Road looking extremely heavy as you head towards the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Come on, someone back me up. Churchill wanted to set fire to the English Channel, didn't he? 
visual and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, thousands more speeding tickets on the M1 northbound. Compromise in row over Hertfordshire church bells and no Ashley Cole when England squad is announced in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that speed cameras on the southbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire were not fully operational for a large part of the roadworks period. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many tickets issued on the northbound stretch compared to southbound. In the last two years, between junctions 10 and 13, almost 16,000 drivers were caught speeding on the northbound carriageway in comparison to just over 500 on the southbound side. Ian Taylor is from the Alliance of British Drivers. It's a bit of a lottery. It's not the only place this has happened. Um, I know on parts of the M25 also... um a lot of cameras have a reputation for not actually being in use. When that many um, people get penalties, I think the question seriously has to be asked, are the limits set right? A compromise has been reached in the long-running row over the chiming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. The bells will be silenced between 11pm and 7am for a trial period, whilst a mechanism which allows quieter chimes at night is tested. Clock specialist Martin Bouchers will be involved in trying to quieten them. As a bell ringer might Myself. I'm very fond of uh, bells, um, but in these modern times, um, it's becoming more commonplace now for people to want bells for silencing during the night. Um, and so, as sad as that is, it's, it is a good compromise. Campaigners say the government postponing a decision on the controversial new Barnfield incinerator in Hatfield will work in their favour. All sides have been asked to make more submissions with the decision delayed until after the general election. Campaigner Cathy Rowe remains confident. For this particular site, we have a very strong case on planning issues, you see, particularly because of um, the effect on um, the landscape and on the heritage assets, including Hatfield House. In other cases, not necessarily incinerators, but in other cases, that is um, obviously considered extremely important. There's been a big increase in the number of British veterans of the Afghan conflict seeking help from a mental health charity. Combat Stress says 358 sought its help last year, a rise of 57% on the previous year. Gary Barlow is facing calls to hand back his OBE after a court ruled that he'd invested in a scheme that was predominantly designed for tax avoidance. The Labour MP Margaret Hodge, who chairs the Public Accounts Committee, said the Take That singer might now like to show a bit of contrition by giving back his OBE. Mixed views from these people in Luton. I think it's atrocious. I think people in the public, like he is, should have a bit more common sense. It's gone up in my estimations. Just pretty much like everybody else, isn't it? Getting slaughtered by the tax man all the time. He should give back his OBE. Why do you feel so strongly about this? Because we all pay tax. So, <laughs> why shouldn't he? In sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today. Ashley Cole has announced his international retirement after being left out. And Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton leads the Formula One Championship after winning the Spanish Grand Prix, his fourth successive win this season. The weather, a mixture of sunny intervals and showers, a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's nice and it's full of history as you walk around. And all this week we're featuring Hatfield. Plenty I do for the children. I've seen changes over the years but it's a good place to live. It's all about where you live. It's the right size 
It's it's not overbearing. Give it a go. Why not? It could be the make of your... The Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Dearie me, if you could see what I could see when I'm cleaning windows, eh? Morning. Four minutes past eight, it's Ian Lee, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Wonky speed cameras, silent church bells and giant dead birds. All of that and, well, have you gone off Gary? Have you gone off Gary Barlow? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got some Texas uh, to... We've about the Ash... The Ashwell Bells. Uh, the bells are going to be uh, made quieter to um, hopefully appease the com- complainers. Uh, Anonymous has texted him. Please don't just listen to one side of the Ashwell Bells debate. There are over a dozen complainants, only a few of whom are new to the village. The others are remaining anonymous due to the tactics of intimidation and threat being used by the Save the Bells campaign. They are too scared to speak out. Well, that's the problem. If we don't, we, I would love to speak to somebody who is against the bells. If that's you, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. But if they won't speak out, there's not a lot we can do, is there? Really? Uh, Shirley says there's a simple answer. If you don't like church bells, don't move near a church. Um, and Pat says, I was travelling down the Barton Jewel carriageway when a car overtook me at around 90 plus miles, only to be caught by a police speed camera. Oh, what joy that set me up for the day. Can Beds Police go to Airport Way on a regular basis to catch 90% of the drivers that do 70 plus in a 30 restricted area and then daily put where and how many were caught... Oh, and then daily put where and how many were caught by their cameras on their website. Let's have more of these officers deployed to tackle these arrogant speeders. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, you're 30 times more likely to have been caught speeding on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire as opposed to southbound. This shows obtained figures from Bedfordshire Police, which shows the cameras on the southbound carriageway between junctions 10 and 13 weren't issuing tickets until March, seven months after the roadworks finished. That's why in the last two years, almost 16,000 northbound motorists were fined compared to just over 500 southbound on the southbound stretch. Well, Gary Ray is a senior campaigner from the Road Safety Charity Break. Gary, what's the point of speed cameras if they don't enforce the limit, if people aren't being caught on them? Yeah, it, it's almost a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? Good morning. I mean, if we've got the speed cameras, let's make sure they're working and let's make sure that when they're working that they're then enforced as well otherwise you're quite right why bother having them but why bother having them answer my own question because you know speed is still an issue and not just across three counties but right across the uk as well i guess it shows it's it's a strange one isn't it because if if so many people were being caught on the northbound stretch sixteen thousand motorists in two years uh, it shows that people are still ignoring the cameras and still ignoring the speed limit. So the cameras, apart from generating revenue, they're not doing much else, are they? Well, I'm not quite sure about that, to be honest. I think, you know, we've got evidence that actually where cameras are in place, where they're working properly, that they're therefore catching speeding motorists, that they do actually serve 
as a deterrent. The problem here, of course, it sounds like there's just a lot of speedy motorists in your neck of the woods, and that's something that concerns Brake. Not unusual to the three counties area, as I say, it happens right across the UK. Speed cameras do work, we think they're efficient, and actually um, they free up police officers to tackle more serious motoring offences as well. Is it uh, true that Brake want the uh, the level of the fines to be increased? What is it, f- 50 quid and three points at the moment? Well, that's right, and when you can think about it, you can be, I'm on a BBC station here, you can be fined a £1,000 for not having a TV licence. Oh, boy, no. yes. That seems a nonsense, you know, so you make a good point. It's the three points, though, isn't it, more than the money? I mean, I've got three points on my licence, and it was was the points that was the real kind of kick in the teeth. Yes, of course, Um, but we think a mixture of, I have to break this news to you, even more points on your licence and a more significant fine hitting the pocket of those who um, speed and are breaking the motorway, or rather, not just the motorway, but the road laws, they really need to fill it in the pocket as well as on the licence. We spoke to Ian Taylor earlier on from the Alliance of British Drivers, and he was uh, suggesting that his organisation would like the speed limit on the motorway increased. And I've been doing a lot of driving on motorways recently, and I have seen people doing 90, 100 miles an hour, and I've been, you know, I come into work at half past four in the morning when the motorways are empty. And it feels very frustrating having to drive at 70 miles an hour. When I, I'm not, if I were to go faster, I wouldn't be posing a threat to anybody. I don't think you're posing a threat to anybody at 70 miles an hour. And I don't actually see the logic of various groups and individuals calling for uh, higher speed limits on motorways, as if somehow they're going to get to their destination that much quicker. Whether those motorways are busy or not, I mean... Again, evidence shows that they're one of our more safer routes on the roads. But where crashes happen, then clearly they're catastrophic. We think 70 is right. But are those crashes necessarily down to speed and speeding? Yes. All of the time? Not all of the time. Clearly other factors are at play. The state of the vehicle, the state of the weather, you know, heavy fog, clearly a danger. But speed is the number one issue, not just on motorways, but also on our principal A roads and on our smaller roads as well. The big problem here is that we seem to think, for example, 30 miles an hour is safe around built-up areas and indeed on rural roads. We don't even think that's safe. That's why Brake's calling for a 20-mile-an-hour limit across urban areas. The default speed limit, your listeners will know this, is 30 miles an hour. We're now calling for that default limit to go to 20. That's what's safer. Very quickly, just going back to to, to motorways, Gary, if the speed limit was increased to 80 or 90 miles an hour, people would get there quicker, wouldn't they? Well, that's debatable. You know, I want, to, I want people to arrive at their destinations in one piece. Yeah. I don't want any more carnage on the roads. That's what Brake is campaigning about. 70 is the absolute top limit. We think that's appropriate. We think it's safe. We think it's satisfactory. Anything above that, no. And you, you think anything above that could lead to more accidents? Yes. Gary, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Gary Ray, senior campaigner from the Road Safety Charity Break. What do you think about that? Let's keep it to motorway specifically. And we can talk about the speed limit, 70 miles per hour. It does seem odd to me. <clears throat> I drive uh, on the motorway half past four in the morning. Actually, there can be a few lorries and th- bits and pieces. But it, the road is pretty empty. 70 miles an hour. It feels, you know, kind of a little bit slow. And I, w- I would get here a bit quicker. 
And uh, I've been, I've been driving up various motorways to get to Manchester and Birmingham recently, and you do see people bombing down the side. Uh, in fact, a significant number of people do do more than seventy miles an hour. Would you like to see the speed limit increased? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some, uh, got some taxis about Gary Barlow. It's no good avoiding tax and then doing charity work. Charities are plugging the gap that's created by those who avoid contributing to society, says Ken in Redbourne. Tony says, J-Dog, you are howling mad. Barlow is a greedy git. Pay your bit to the country. I've bought your CD and I paid tax on it. I assume he's referring to Gary Barlow's hit CDs, not Justin uh, Justin Barlow, Justin Dealey's failing CDs. Jill says, well, if it's so wrong, surely it would be illegal. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? There are lots of loopholes that people can get around. And yes, the the, the loopholes should be tightened. Have you gone off Gary? Have you gone off Justin, who supports Gary? 08459 455 555. Let's have a look at the front pages. Manchester, Manchester City have won something. Well done, those guys. That's the front page of the Independent. Um, and chemicals in soap can cause male infertility. <laughs> Luckily, I don't wash. Scientists find that sperm cells are affected by chemicals and household products. Soap, toothpaste, and children's plastic toys can all be harmful. Well, I would suggest if you've got children's plastic toys, then you, you, you're fine. You don't, you don't need it anymore. Don't Where are you, you putting this toy? <laughs> Where would they affect you? <laughs> I get the soap thing. <laughs> How is the toy going to interfere with you? Uh, what not? <laughs> this is a really serious story. How can you reduce it to that level? I'm not. I'm just questioning. Chemicals um, in common household products, such as toothpaste, soap and plastic toys, have a direct impact on human sperm. Human sperm. Which could help explain rising le- levels of male infertil- infertility, scientists have found. I want, I want a name of a toy. I want, I want it to say, you know, this, this specific monopoly will stop you having children. <laughs> um, oh, th- this has been found out by... This is the greatest name I've ever seen. I've never seen so many Ks in a name. Uh, Professor Neil Schakabek. Oh. Schakabek of Copenhagen University in Denmark. Uh, the front page of The Guardian. Mental illness surges among war veterans. Uh, and there's a picture of Manchester City. They've won something. There's not a picture of Iran who claims that they have won something. Um, um, why have you got so many copies of The Eye? Uh, the Daily Telegraph. Manchester City have won something. Cap won't prevent shocking care costs. Pensioners' bills will reach £140,000 before new real- rules take effect. BBC disgraceful over race. Oh, this is on Justin. Uh, Justin Jonathan show later on. BBC disgraceful over race row, says Boris. Boris Johnson has accused the BBC of treating a local radio presenter who was forced to resign for unwittingly playing a song containing a racist word uh, in an utterly uh, uh, disgraceful manner. This is David Lowe from Devon, who played the Sun has got his hat on. The original version has the M word in. No, I didn't know either. I did. I didn't. I thought know. everyone knew that. Well, no, no, not everyone knew that. Um, and uh, he got the boot. Does that mean we get the boot when we play um, Oliver's Army? Good question. Thank you very much indeed. I'd like to ask good questions. If you want to hear more about that, then uh, listen to JVS a little bit later on. We'll do the sun, the mail and the mirror a little bit... Uh, no, the mirror. What am I talking about? The sun, the mail and the star. The star. What am I talking about? The sun, the mail and the express in a little bit. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
on the M1 London bound between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. One lane is closed after a car's broken down. On the sensors, congestion starting around Junction 12 for Flitwick at the moment. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. Also on the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound is queuing between Wormley and the M25. At the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound also queuing at the moment, with those delays starting at St Neots. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. It's 8.16, it's Monday the 12th of May, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties show there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to southbound during the roadworks period. David Cameron is rejecting calls for the Take That star Gary Barlow to hand back his OBE, despite claims the singer was avoiding tax. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today. Ashley Cole has announced his international retirement after being left out. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Some of the clubs are nice. My Bolsh club's a good, nice club. Inviting everyone to where you live. I came here with my parents, came when the big industry started. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. When you're out of Hatfield, you do miss it, because it's our little town. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Spent a load of money making a big monkey thing over there and then closed it down the day it was opened. The Big Tour. I've lived here all my life, I enjoy it. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Good evening. <laughs> Have How? you ever done an evening show? You've done an evening show. Oh, gosh, yes. yes, yes I've yes. done every every uh, time of the day and night. I'd li- I was about to say, I'd like to hear you do a late night show and you could let rip a bit. But actually, doing a mid-morning show doesn't doesn't hold you back in the slightest. Well, I used to do a yeah. late night show. Yes, yes. Uh, I've heard legend have you it. heard all about this late night show? It was a bit filthy, wasn't it? Oh, well, I'd, I think filthy is probably the wrong the wrong word to use. Dirty? It had its own special, unique character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, we used to go yeah. across the whole east of England. Yes, used to do, the, do that show. But they, uh, the the BBC took us off in case we said something wrong again. What? <laughs> <laughs> again? Yeah, again. Oh gosh, we were taken off. Yeah. Well, you talk about taking off. You've got this, uh, David Lowe. Is he coming on your show yes, later on? Nine o'clock. I've been. Look, I'm looking forward to that because I was reading that. I talked about this on Sky yesterday. It's it's a it's an incredible story. I think. And the BBC. I love the BBC, but. They struggle to get things right sometimes. Sometimes. I think. And I think they've struggled here. What's all, happening? It all depends on the level of management you yeah. have to, uh, to encounter. And the amount of money that you are making for the corporation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, coming up at nine on the big phone in today, what do you think of the way the BBC has handled David Lowe? Mm. That's this chap's, guy, uh, this chap's name. If you're not familiar with him, he's a veteran BBC local radio DJ called David Lowe, and he's lost his job after playing a song on his Golden Oldies show that contained the racist N-word. Yep. I had no idea that the original version of that song even contained that no, word. No, I was, I was unaware of that. The 68-year-old broadcaster says that he was totally unaware that the 1932 version of The Sun Has Got His Hat On included this racist term. Mm. Well, David asked after he'd played this and realised he'd made a mistake by playing this song, he asked if he could go on air to apologise for the mistake. But the BBC management told 
told him that he had to fall on his sword. You can see what happened. He obviously said, look, if needs be, I will, I'll go. If you really feel it's that bad, I'll go. And they said, well, yes, I think you're going to have to go. Yeah. The corporation now accepts that they made a mistake and they've offered him his job back. But he says the situation has worsened his existing medical condition and he's too sick to return. Well, he'll be live on my show at nine o'clock this morning. We'll find out exactly what happened in that meeting with management. We'll hear what they told him, what they said to him, and how he feels the whole situation has been handled. And from nine, I want your calls as well. What do you think of the way the BBC has handled David Lowe? 08459 455 555. Your calls from nine. I'm looking forward to hearing this because I read a lot about this uh, at the weekend and uh, the BBC have muffed it up. You know, they've... in my opinion, they have completely muffed it up. They've they've kind of they they didn't they weren't seen to react quick enough with uh, Clarkson and his alleged use of the N word, and so it would appear that somebody um, has kind of panicked and go, oh gosh, it's that word. Let's get rid of it. Quick, go, bye. Never happened. A uh, little bit of backside covering, perhaps. Yeah. A little bit of oh my word, am I going to be the BBC manager that ends up having to yep. fall on my sword yes. because I didn't do anything about this? Oh, I don't want that to mm. happen. I've got a mortgage to pay. I'll just sack him, yeah. or I'll say, "Would you mind going?" Or would you mind agreeing to your offer to resign? You can see it all happening. One, I think they had one complaint. One complaint. Yeah. Very often these things come from one complaint. I talk from experience. <laughs> me, yeah, me too. From nine this morning, what do you think of the way the BBC has handled David Lowe? Hear his interview and I'll hear your calls from nine this morning. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, that'll be good. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We're taking your calls on. Let's do the full list, shall we? We had uh, What Ruins the Beach for You, Weird Weather, um, Doesn't Susanna Reid Look Hot Today? That came from Kelly. Um, Inappropriate Pop Star Names. What else did we have? Can't think. Things That Ruined the Beach. Things That Were Done That One. Um... Oh, mediums. Media. Have you ever spoken to Peter Sellers for a medium? And have you gone off Gary and have you gone off Justin? That's pretty much it, isn't it? Jellyfish. And jellyfish. 08459 455 555. Uh, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall's Griffin House headquarters in Luton this afternoon. The company sponsors Home Nations Football and will host the official unveiling of England's 23-man party for this summer's tournament in Brazil. We can speak now to former Luton Town and Spurs manager David Pleat. Morning, David. Good morning. This is quite a big deal, isn't it, for for this to be held here in, in Luton? Yes, I think it's only right and proper. Vauxhall's been a very uh, true and honest sponsor of uh, soccer for some time now. You may recall the uh, Lillishall group of elitist footballers when they started the Soccer School of Excellence many years ago. Um, They've always had a close relationship with the FA and um, they've been uh, genuine and long-standing sponsors. Uh, Are Vauxhall getting a mention on the England team shirts? I couldn't tell you about that, uh, but... um, That would be unusual if they did, wouldn't it? Yes, of course it would be, yes. I think the the sponsorship thing is a lesser thing in a World Cup than it is at club football, of course. How do you see England lining up? Do do, do you think there'll be any surprises in the announcement today? No, not particularly. It's had a good look. It's had plenty of time to look at uh, the the runners and riders over a period of time now. I'm quite sure that his um, group were formed in his mind. Barring, of course, any very last-minute injuries. We don't believe there was any in the games of yesterday. 
Um, I think one or two players have already been uh, given the, uh, have been told that they may not be going. Obviously, Ashley Cole is one of those. And, um, no, it's just a matter of dotting the I's and crossing the C's now. How difficult, uh, David, is it for a manager and for a player in a club game, but I suppose even more so in an England game, when, when they're told, I'm really sorry, you're not coming with us? It's going to be difficult well, on both it, sides it, to have it, that conversation. It, yes, it, it's, very, it's, it's difficult, but at the same time, the player would know that he was uh, uh, an imponderable before the, the uh, squad was announced, and he knew that there was probably some doubt about you know, would he go, wouldn't he go? You've always got that. Uh, when every four years a tournament comes round, you've got the balance between inexperienced and experienced players. Some of your experienced players, of course, have just now tipped the shade over. How many of those has including the squad to help the younger generation that are beginning to break through, like, for example, Lalana and, and, and Sturridge, who'd be going to his first World Cup? So it's always difficult. The most important thing for any manager is to find a balance, not just of uh, right-sided and left-sided players, big players, strong players, short players, quick players, but most importantly is all the experience with the youth. So that there has to be a balance, and Roy will look at all of those things. What are our chances, David? Uh, they're not good, of course, because we believe that in the uh, humidity and the temperatures in Brazil and the way that uh, the game has gone in the last few years, the South American countries will be very strong um, and naturally the home side will be under tremendous pressure, particularly with all their players now having good experience in Europe and Champions League competition Brazil will be very strong Argentina, who are my fancy uh, will be strong I think it's going to be hard for the European countries I think Germany may have the best chance of progressing furthest um, and I don't see an African country at this stage once again managing to, to penetrate those uh, famous, well, I say, the, the, the countries of great soccer tradition, um, like some of the European countries. So I, I think it'll be a South American country. For us, if we get out of the group, I think we should get out of the group. I think we, if we don't get out of the group, that will be a disappointment. But I think after that, it's going to be, uh, going to be difficult for us. David, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. For former Luton Town and Spurs manager David Pleat. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ooh, yeah. The Daily Express. 75 degrees Fahrenheit. We don't use Fahrenheit. Do we know Fahrenheit's old money, isn't it? Sorry? I don't know. We're the C C word now, aren't we? Centigrade. Celsius? Celsius. I don't know. Is there a difference between Celsius and centigrade? Yeah. Which... I don't know. Which is, I don't understand temperatures. Which one is boiling at 100? And freezing at zero? C- Celsius. Centigrade. Fahrenheit? don't know. They lost me when they stopped sticking the magnets on the weather. I can tell you the difference. <laughs> Thanks, girls. That's a Sorry. surprise. Go on. The spelling. Oh, oh. for goodness sake. Absolute idiot. 75 degrees F. Oh, that's what the Americans use. Summer is on its way. After the wind and rain, a mini heat wave to arrive this week. Large parts of the country will enjoy the first real blast of warm summer weather later this week. Temperatures are, forc- forca- ah, temperatures are forecast to shoot up to highs of 75F, 24C. 24 is quite good, isn't Am it? Am I keeping you up? You are. I'm so tired. Why don't you have a little lie down on the floor? I did the last. Me and Kelsey did the last 33 minutes. Well, I can't trust you. We'll, we'll play um, the record game. Exactly. Oh. 
The south can expect long spells of wall-to-wall sunshine. In the north, it'll be miserable like it always is. Because of the people. Oh. Oh. Um, And Helen Helen Mirren says on the front page of the Express, French women outshine British in style stakes. I tell you what, when I went to France, I tell you what what is big in France, apart from eyebrows, leather miniskirts. Yes. The leather miniskirt is big in France. Well, not big, it's it's tiny in France, but but big. Thank you, Kels. In Paris or elsewhere? Well, I was in France. Well, because when I lived in Paris, I didn't wear a skirt for the whole time. Oh. <laughs> Dirty mare! So everyone could see your nicks? No, trousers. Oh, so I don't apologize. Because I was yeah. riding the metro on a daily basis. And Yay! Good girl! You mean the underground system? Yes. Don't you? Sorry. And um, I didn't want any unwelcome um, attention, which seemed to happen every time I wore a skirt. I was never alone. If you want a mortgage, don't eat steak. Don't need to, you don't need to mime it. I got, the, I got the reference. If you want a mortgage, don't, don't eat, eat steak. steak. That's the front page of the Daily Mail. Also, the front page of the Daily Mail, they are they. <laughs> oh, is that because they're now looking at your spending habits? Yes, they think you're spending. They won't give you any money. Mortgage applicants are being asked astonishingly intrusive questions, including whether they play golf or eat steak. That's not. I've got a problem with that. They're being quizzed over the price of their haircuts, their plans for more children, their hopes for pay rise. I don't know. What, what I'm more surprised by is that Richard Littlejohn's memoirs are being serialised in the Daily Mail. I thought that's what's been going on for years. It's what, serialising the daily... The, it's, called, it, John's. it's called his column. That's what normally happens, isn't it? What? Third World War. No, notice I'm not, I'm not pronouncing the words incorrectly. I'm reading them. This is the front page of the Sun. Third World War. What do you mean? Loopy Russian leaders launched a furious attack on the West last night because a furry-faced drag queen won the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, for heaven's sake. Ultra-nationalist Vladimir Zirinovsky said, it's the end of Europe. There is no limit to our outrage. Dark days ahead. Any comment on that? No, I'm just rolling my eyeballs. That doesn't come across well, does it? <laughs> it doesn't come across so well, no. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A40 London bound at the Medway underpass, one lane is blocked because a van's broken down. There's congestion back to the Swakeley's roundabout and adding to the normal morning queues. The M1 London bound between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. There was an earlier breakdown, congestion still hanging around to Junction 12 for Flitwick. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midland and Virgin trains have delays of up to 20 minutes on services via Milton Keynes after a signalling problem. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties Radio show there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to southbound during the roadworks period. David Cameron's rejecting calls for the Take That star Gary Barlow to hand back his OBE despite claims the singer was avoiding tax and a compromise has been reached in the long-running row over the chiming of church bells in the Hertfordshire village of Ashwell. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad in Luton today and there will be no Ashley Cole. The squad announcement will be made at around two o'clock at the Vauxhall headquarters in Luton. The company sponsor the England team. Here's Ian Dennis. Well, Roy Hodgson says leaving Ashley Cole out was one of the hardest decisions of his career as he praised him for accepting the decision with huge grace. On social media, Cole said, we have a great manager and team. He continued, I wish them only success and like me or not, trust me, it hurts me to stop playing for my country. England's most capped fullback made 107 appearances, 106 of which were all starts. Ashley Cole has played in three World Cup finals and has been a world-class player for his country, but it's Luke Shaw who represents the future and he'll provide backup for Leighton Baines in Brazil this summer. Manchester City are Premier League champions after beating West Ham 2-0. Liverpool confirmed second place with a 2-1 win over nine-man Newcastle. Elsewhere, Tottenham beat Aston Villa 3-0 to claim the final Europa League place ahead of Manchester United and Norwich's relegation was confirmed after a 2-0 home defeat to Arsenal. And next month's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes will be between Arsenal and Everton after both won their semi-finals yesterday. The final at Stadium MK is on Sunday, June the 1st. Hertfordshire driver Lewis Hamilton leads the Formula 1 Championship after winning the Spanish Grand Prix, his fourth successive win this season. The Milton Keynes Red Bull team made a welcome improvement with Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel third and fourth. Hamilton says his form vindicates the decision to leave McLaren last year after being persuaded to join Mercedes by Nicky Lauda. To have sat with Nicky and Nicky was doing everything he could to get me in. That's an, an incredible thing to have a world champion like him coming and asking me and really, really wanting to me, me to being his team. It's a different feeling, you know, it's a real true feeling of being valued and I'm so happy it really, really, really was the right decision. BBC Three Counties at News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Got some texts and uh, Ian, I was knocked. Oh, blimey, uh, Todd and Stevenage. I was knocked off my bike this morning by some stupid la- lady driver who cut me up. She slowed down to look at me, but then casually drove off. I was in a pretty bad mood until I watched your video on Instagram. So thanks for cheering me up. Also, would it kill you to follow me back? I don't know how to do that, Kelly. You, you're the one that set up Instagram, and now you're bored of it. No, I'm not. What's the purpose? You told me then? last week you were bored of it. No, I didn't. Uh, it, you did. No, I didn't. You did. No, I didn't. You said are you bored of it? I said no. You said yes. No, I didn't. You like to hear things. Ian Leisha, if you want to follow us, his name is Kid Collie. K I D C O W L I E. Can you follow him? I'll follow him, and if it hurts us, then I'll unfollow. Kid Collie, got it. All right. Uh, Jay says. Morning to the morning crew. Morning. Uh, Breaking Bad is brilliant. Now you need to, to watch Sons of Anarchy. I don't think I can start another TV series. Ian, your man from break has to be talking rubbish. This is about um, the, the speed limits on the M1. The real carnage on motorways always includes HGVs. Every time I go on the M1, I see a few HGVs driving too close to the vehicle in front. None are doing 70 miles per hour. Under the new laws, why don't the police book these drivers for tailgating? Is it because they just rely on the speed cameras to control the traffic, says Steve. Speed limits are a safety net for people's driving incompetence and a lack of vehicle maintenance. The halfwit who pulled out of a junction in front of my motorbike was only doing about 10 miles per hour, but was still able to orphan my children had I not been riding with due care and attention. We don't need speed limits, just a big spike in the middle of every car steering wheel to make people pay attention when driving. David's in Stevenage. Morning, David. Good morning. What have you called in about? Uh, 
He wanted to know, did Churchill set fire to the... Ah, I was laughed at. I was laughed at, David, no. when earlier on I suggested that one of the plans Churchill had up his sleeves when Britain wasn't doing very well in the war was no. to set fire what? to the English Channel. I don't always agree with you. What? Uh, but this one, I agree with you 100%. I had two maiden aunts, and they lived on the Isle of Sheppey. And they lived at a place called Warden End. Yes. And in the war, at one time, they weren't allowed to go near to the beach for obvious reasons. But when the wind was in the wrong direction, and I was about nine, I'm in my 80s now. Yes. They could definitely smell where the experiments had been done of literally burning flesh. Sorry? Flesh? Like roast beef. They were... What, 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 so are they setting fire to cows? I don't know. I can only tell you, remember, I was about nine when the war broke out. Right. I was nine-year-old, but I know my father, and we, used to, we could still get down there occasionally. Yeah. Right. Breaking the holiday. You say, you say that for obvious reasons they weren't allowed near the beach. Yeah. I don't know what those obvious reasons are. Well, getting near there, it could be mined, it could be... Oh. Uh, remember, it was war. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, war. People on there... But they, when they went, they could at one time smell like, and if you ask somebody who knows more about it than me, there was a smell like a burning night beef. Maybe they were having a barbecue. Uh, not in those days. No. You're not allowed to ring church bells, so you wouldn't have any trouble in Old Warden, wherever it is. Yeah, in Ashwell, yeah, that'll keep Ashwell. Any trouble there. And, uh, no, you weren't allowed near beaches, though. Oh, a bit mined or anything. Do you know what? That I'd, never, I'd never considered that, David. We, we're learning something new. Thank you very much, David and Stevenage. Doesn't necessarily quite back up my, my story that Churchill planned to set fire to the, uh, to the English Channel. But he was burning something. He was burning something. I, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm aware, it wasn't cows that they were planning to... They weren't going to flood the English Channel with cows and then set fire to them. There was something more buoyant, surely. I thought it was going to be like, like oil canisters and they were going to have a mass... Just leak oil all across the English Channel and then set fire to that. Oh, wait, four, five, where's Scoynes with his report on this, his investigation? I don't know. I hope he doesn't think I was joking, because I wasn't. He might be in the archive. Okay. Wow, has he gone to the BBC Three Counties Radio Archive? Yeah, I think he might be down there. He got the special pass to go there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, well that's that's great news. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, did Churchill plan to set fire to the English Channel? Yes, he did. I need someone to back me up. Now, the runaway re. Is that how you pronounce it, Ree? Uh, Ria. Ria. Um, is that how you pronounce think it? Chris. I missed this story because I was away and I only got the punchline, the punchline of it recently when uh, it turned out that the Hertfordshire's runaway Ria had been shot. Story over, you would think. But no, it's not. Joe Clark is the owner of the runaway Ria. Joins me now. Morning, Joe. Good morning. So, so th- 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 there are more out there, are there? Apparently, there are three more on the loose that escaped from a place called Rickling. Yes. And another one on the loose that escaped from a place in Langley. So there are four on the loose. Yeah. Yours was on the loose. Yeah. Why is it so hard to keep these rears under control? Well, it isn't. Oh, well, hang on. Five um, have managed to escape. Well, they don't jump fences. Right. I can only imagine someone let it out. Is that what happened to yours, someone I let w- it out? I would think so. Yeah. What, what, uh, so yours had been out for quite a while, hadn't it? Yeah, a few weeks now. A few weeks. And it was running all over a golf course. Yeah, and they, the people at the golf course got quite attached to it. They liked it. Why did it get shot in the end? Um, 
Well, the police, Hertfordshire police, suggest that uh, Stuart Howe shot it because it was a danger to traffic. Yeah. But it was out in the countryside. Mm. The gentleman who shot it, is, it claims he's going to make it into sausages. I think that's just a joke. Really? Well, it's eight years old. It'd be like eating an old welly. Yeah, be a bit, 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 bit tough. Extremely. How long can they survive in, in uh, the, the, the sort of wilds of Hertfordshire? Oh, years. Really? Absolutely. Well, what do they eat? Broadleaf weeds. Docks, thistles, nettles, plantain. Anything like that. You don't get a lot of plantain in uh, Hertfordshire in the wild, do you? Loads of it. Really? Yeah. Where? Everywhere. Oh, blimey. I need to keep my, <laughs> I need to keep my eyes open, Joe. <laughs> Is there any chance of catching these birds? Highly unlikely. Oh. Can't you... Because I was thinking, mate, if you had a tranquilizer dart or a lasso or something... You, well, you, you couldn't lasso them. You couldn't get close enough. Could you not? Oh, OK. A what tranquilizer about? dart, I suppose, would be possible. Yeah. But you didn't look into doing that with yours? No. No. Why did it end up near the golf course? I've no idea. It's just happened to be the direction that it headed. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any chance that these rears could... Um, uh, we hear about... That near where my mother-in-law lives, some parakeets got released in the 60s. Yeah. And now there are thousands of them because yeah. they keep breeding. Could we end up with, with a large number of rears? We could. Really? They could keep um, breeding? Yes, Absolutely. That, that would be... They're, they're quite dangerous, aren't they, really? Not in the slightest. Really? I thought they were, they were, were quite um, fierce. They're incredibly gentle. Even if you corner one, it yeah. will panic and try and run away. It won't oh. run towards you. Oh, I mean. OK. Are you going to continue to breed rears, knowing that... I've got three youngsters... Yeah. ...that were her babies. Yeah. And I believe I have one male and two females, so okay. yes. so you're going to keep on breeding them? Well, they clear my paddocks of the weeds, so I don't need chemicals. Oh, they're, so the, the, you're saying that you're, you're saying that rears are better than a lawnmower? No, because they don't eat grass, oh. but they eat weeds. Okay, they eat the weeds. So it's better than oh. chemicals. It, well, I, 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 in some ways, I suppose it is much better. And do you get closely attached to them? when your your rear got um, brutally shot? But did you did you shed a tear, or do you not that bothered? I didn't shed a tear, no. but it's, it's a shame because yeah. when she was here, you could hand feed her. And do they have names? No, because they're, they're all predominantly grey. Right, right. So they're all very much alike, really. Um, I lost my big male last summer. Yeah. His name was Alexander. Oh, good name. Um, because he was totally different from the girls, basically, so right. I could name him. Yeah, you named the boy, but not the girls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same with my children. <laughs> uh, Joe, listen, it's nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. That's Joe Clark, who uh, owned Rhea number one. Um, but there are four more Rhea's out there. Blimey, blimey, calf. We've had an angry text. Uh-oh, go Jelly, on. Jellyfish related. Uh-oh. Didn't think I'd be saying that <laughs> sentence when I woke up this morning. <laughs> I think it's from David. The next time you do a story on jellyfish, please extend listener views before beyond an 80-year-old that knows nothing about them. Well, if the only person that rings in is an 80-year-old that knows nothing well, about no. them, that's who we'll hear that from. That was our caller. Who, that was Barbara. She's not 80. She, Barbara is now... Just be careful, uh, texter, because Barbara is now the ambassador for Cadge, Kill All Jellyfish, which is a campaign I'm setting up. Uh, what, why do, does he want to come on? Phone him up, see if he wants to come on and talk about jellyfish. Hang on, all right, I'll give him a ring. Give him a call, see if he wants to come on. It's all well and good t- tweet, uh, texting criticism, but um, come on and uh, face the music. David's in Milton Keynes. Morning, David. Hello there. Hello, David. Just, what have you got? Just, just one thing. She could have called her, you know, the rear die, couldn't she? Die, Chris. Diarrhea. Yeah, die, uh, yeah. Oh, I've I, I got it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, actually. 
She yeah. could have done. It seems yeah. a bit, bit harsh not to not to name an animal just because it's grey. My grandparents were grey and they had names. Anyway, going back to the war thing you were talking about. Yes. My father, remember when he was alive, told me a story that uh, they were stationed or they were all brought in from East Anglia um, having to pick up dead burnt Germans off the coast there. Um, which, uh, they had to uh, pick up dead burnt Germans. Germans off the East Anglian coast? Yeah. Why? Well, where they set fire to, the, the, where they possibly tried to land, um, the rumour has it they maybe had a, a pipe line thing going out into the sea and they just turned on and lit it sort oh. of thing. If the Germans tried to land off East Anglia sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and um, he was sworn to secrecy, not just to say anything. They took them away in oh. trucks and buried them somewhere. Oh. That's what he told me. What a horrific job to have to do. But the point is, see, um, I think when they try to keep it secret, I think it might have been against the Geneva Convention to do anything like that. Uh, it's to burn Germans at sea. Well, to, to what they've done, yeah. it was like u- using the um, First World War, poisonous gas and stuff like that. Germans never used it yeah. uh, because they frightened weird Jews, it sort of thing. But it was against the Geneva Convention. I think that everything was kept quiet. But when you're desperate, you use whatever means possible to keep yourself free. By any means necessary. David, thank you very much for that. David's dad had to pick up burnt dead Germans off the East Anglian coast. Well, blimey, there's not many people that can say that. It's it's still not the conclusive proof that I need. I don't need it, because I know it's true. My team, who doubt me for some reason, need it. Did Hitler... Hitler. Did Churchill... I'd have been terrible in the war. Did Churchill plan to set fire to the English Channel? Uh, that gentleman, when, when's he coming on? Uh, he's not answering his phone. What? No, too busy researching jellyfish. Oh, flipping heck. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A40 London bound at the Medway underpass, a van broke down earlier. Still congestion in place from the Swakeleys roundabout though, adding to the normal morning queues. On the speed sensors between Houghton Regis and Dunstable, the A5 heavy going in both directions. Also in Hartford, between the A10 and the centre of town, the A414 is queuing. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, we've got queues between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midland and Virgin Trains, services via Milton Keynes may be delayed by up to 20 minutes. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. 8.45, it's Monday the uh, 12th of May, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Figures obtained by BBC Three Counties show that there were 30 times as many speeding tickets issued on the northbound stretch of the M1 in Bedfordshire compared to the southbound during the roadworks period. David Cameron is rejecting calls for the Take That star Gary Barlow to hand back his OBE, despite claims the singer was avoiding tax. And in sport, England manager Roy Hodgson will announce his World Cup squad at Vauxhall in Luton today. Ashley Cole has announced his international retirement after being left out. And uh, I'm breaking news. News breaking on the BBC now. I'm announcing my retirement from international football after being left out of the England World Cup squad. Just to reiterate, I am announcing my retirement from international football. On that sad news, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, we're definitely not going to win now, are we? Uh, we've got a mixture of sunshine and showers today. Those showers very heavy at times, but also uh, the sunny intervals probably feeling quite pleasant, really. Uh, a bit of a westerly breeze, too, with temperatures reaching 14 or 15 degrees Celsius. At tonight, fewer showers around and some clear spells. Temperatures dipping down to about 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. And after a cool start tomorrow, we've got some more of that sunshine, just in intervals, really, and some more of those showers, too. Now, they're going to be heavy again, but petering out in the afternoon. So it's likely we'll have a, dry, a drier, brighter end to the day. And the showers die out pretty much overnight. Temperatures tomorrow reaching 13 or 14 degrees Celsius. Now, Wednesday sees a little bit of a turn in the weather. So a sunny intervals and just a chance of light showers, but starting to feel a bit warmer. And then Thursday and Friday look fine and dry with varying amounts of cloud, lots of sunny spells, and certainly feeling a lot warmer, particularly locally in the sunshine. That's your latest forecast. Later this month, the UK and Europe goes to the polls to decide who represents us at the European Parliament. I really don't understand any of it, so I don't know. Our MEPs make decisions on everything from the food we eat to the cars we drive. This election promises to be one which could have a lasting impact on our political landscape. I am plenty of vote, yes, I've got my card through the post. And this Thursday, I'll host a special debate with the main parties live from the University of Hertfordshire. I think there's too many rules and regulations, really. I mean, everybody's governed by everything. An election special with me, Roberto Peroni, Thursday from 3, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Need someone to call in, please. Or I need Paul Scoynes to do what I instructed, nay, ordered him to do. Where the heck is Scoynes? Scoynes, are you in the archive? Get your head out of that papyrus and tell us the answer. Just Scoynes isn't with you having a cheeky growler, is he? No, he's not, but uh, he's been mouthing off this morning. Really? What's he been saying? Oh, you know what he's like. He comes upstairs and he's like, oh, you're looking forward to the radio awards this evening? I've got a nice dicky bow. Yeah. I'm going to look really smart. Yeah. Shut up, Paul. You're not wearing a dicky bow for, for controversial reasons. Um, no, I just don't like dicky bows. For, for me, it's a uniform. Yeah. I don't want to go wearing a uniform. It yeah. reminds me of being at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're totally right. Uh, uh, Catherine? Scoring's message. Hang on, I'm talking to... Well, I'm tackling two experts. <laughs> yeah, right. OK, yeah, yeah. E- experts, yeah. What, one, hang on. I, I can do so. He's, tack- he's, he's, tack- he's tackling two experts. Um, one's called beer. <laughs> the other one's called gin. <sighs> yeah, Kath? The other one's called Google. There's only two. Oh. So you can't put the third one in. You, 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 in many ways, yeah, you, you did you did ruin it. Justin! Yes, boss? What, what, are you, what do you want? Um, talking about Gary Barlow. Oh, Gary Ooh. Barlow. He's, um, him and two of the other Take That stars have been accused of, well, uh, investing in a tax avoidance scheme. They may have to pay up to 20 million quid back. Uh, listen, I, fine, if there are legal ways to avoid paying tax, then, then that's fine. You know, it, to a certain extent. I think when we're talking about such huge sums from some Someone who is an ambassador for the country, it's immoral, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's legal or not, I think it's wrong. Yeah, but I think um, the clue is there, isn't it? I think it's um, it's legal, well, uh, yeah, what he's done here. The, 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 the clue is also, there are two clues. One is uh, legal, and one is immoral. There are three clues. 
detective. Go on, Illegal, immoral, and he's an ambassador for the country. He's yeah, an OBE. Yeah, but come on in. Every single person, whether it's £20 million or £20,000, you are going to do um, what you've got to do to look after number one and your family and not pay the full rate if you can do that legally. Well, listen, the, the, no, there is a big difference between twenty grand and twenty thousand, £20 million. Pounds. That's, yeah. that's a wing of a hospital. No, I know exactly what you're saying, but he, of course, is trying to protect his family, and some would argue that, yeah. in actual fact, he has ploughed millions into charities by doing charity work. By having somebody like him on board, oh, you're bound reason, to make more money. But the reason that there are so many charities, and so many charities desperate for money, are because people are not paying their taxes, so we, this country is bankrupt, so cuts are being made to all of those people. Yep, absolutely, I suppose you, you could say that, but again, he has done nothing wrong uh, legally. Um, I've been out and about in Luton this morning, asking people um, are they still a fan of Gary Barlow, bearing in mind what's happened. Some people saying fair play, other people well, uh, not particularly happy. Take a listen to this. I think it's wrong. There's more than him as well. And like all, all these um, companies coming into this country and then they put their tax base in another country, in Ireland or something else, and they don't pay tax in this country. We should be kicked out of the country. That's my opinion. And you're here with your walking stick and you're, you're stamping that against the floor. You're pretty angry about this, aren't no, you? No, I'm, uh, I don't like it, you be honest with you. I never got away with one penny tax in all my life. All right? Mm. And I worked for nearly 50 years. Why shouldn't he pay his tax? He's getting a good living out of it. And then, I mean, there's plenty of people in this country today and they don't go to work. They don't want to work. They get allowances and all like that. That should be brought to an end. The ordinary working chap in this country is penalised. That's my I'm going to let you calm down. Thank you very much indeed for your time, sir. OK, thank you. In the realms of tax avoidance, it's always been said, well, I'd say always been said, for many years it's been said that it's only prudent to carry out tax avoidance. It's what any prudent person would do, to look after their pennies. Gary's a bit of a legend. He's a legend? Yeah, he's a bit of a legend. Done well to get his OBE. If it's illegal, then what's the crime? Fair play to him. At the end of the day, you know, you get taxed proper bad in this country anyway. You can't blame him. It's a bit unfair because it's celebrity. They do get away with it, but I think that's a bit unfair. We should all be treated the same, whether we're celebrity or not. OK, and uh, whilst you're here, last question on, uh, on the beach. Oh. <laughs> uh, Ian this morning talking about things that annoy you on the beach. What annoys you on the beach? The only ones I, I, that annoy me if people have had a few loads of drinks and yeah. they're upsetting other people on the beach, which I find annoying, you know. Hooligans, red lobsters yeah. with tattoos, <laughs> English abroad. <laughs> just people that have just been stupid and can't handle their drinks and upset all the other... People are having a nice time on the beach. That would annoy me. Well, Justin. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> interesting views. <laughs> it's very interesting Just to views. say that uh, Gary Barlow is a bit of a legend, and, uh, of course, we do get taxed proper bad in this country. <laughs> Justin, thank you. Harriet's on the line. Good morning, Harriet. Morning, Ian. Hello, Harriet. What would you like to say? Um, so I'm just saying you know, about the things that annoy you on the beach. I should say, for legal reasons, uh, Paul Scoynes is in the studio with me. Okay. Yeah, I know. So just watch what you say. Beaches. What puts <laughs> you off? The, what puts you off going to the beach? For me, it's um, uh, not shrapnel, um, not Peabody and Sherman. Urchins. Urchins. That's it. Not and not the ones selling hooky DVDs. I'm talking about sea urchins. Uh, what puts you off going to the beach, Harriet? Um, when people um, let their dogs poo on the beach and don't clear it up. I've never seen a doggy poo on a beach. Really. 
I've never seen any poo on the beach. I do, I, I do, I, another, f- fag ends. Oh, yeah. Fag ends on a beach, on a beach! Mm. Where, what, what beaches are you going to where they let their dogs do a whoopsie? Well, um, we used to go to Lower Stoff when we were kids. Oh, yeah, they would then. And um, they, in the winter time, especially people were allowed to walk their dogs oh. on the beach all times without leaves and stuff. Once one peed on my sister's rucksack. Oh. Which we, that was the end of that rucksack. She wasn't allowed to go near. No. <laughs> Not surprisingly. See, I would have, I'd have given it a good scrub down with a, you know, with the towel I was using to dry my children and go, there's nothing wrong with that. Ew. That's what I would do. Harriet, I've got to move on. Thank you very much. Just because I want to hear Paul Scoynes and Catherine Boyle eat a little bit of HP. Humble pie. Oh, sauce. Sauce. No, do you know where the humble pie, the saying humble pie comes from? Yeah. Where? Greg's. Um, I heard this recently. I'm pretty probably in the same place that you heard it, yeah. so I can't remember it. Then. No, nor can I. <laughs> <laughs> but it's oh, not a real question. It's not humble. It's humble. Uh, yeah. Is this to do with a horse or something? Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, um, there's I... no humble pie to be eaten here, though, Ian, because at no point in this uh, whole episode did I disagree with you. We'll play the tape back uh, after the show and have a good old laugh in the office at your expense. <laughs> None of you suckers, I said suckers, believed me when I said Churchill planned to set fire to the English Channel. Paul, I believe you've been speaking to experts. Uh-huh. Wikipedia. And no, no, you... no, I've actually spoken to some war historians as well. Please. Who weren't, weren't happy enough to come on and talk about it, though. Oh, but they did at least confirm that yep. there had been a, a test done, yep. I believe, in Studland Bay. Is that near East Anglia? No. Because we had one caller who had to not. pick up, his dad had to pick up dead burnt Germans off the beach. Well, yes, I suspect that wasn't in East Anglia. Uh, well, it could have been, but the. You're calling my listeners a liar? No, 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 no. There probably, wow. was, there pro- there probably was, was more than one occasion where there were dead burnt Germans. Dead burnt Germans turned up in the Isle of Wight and around Cornwall, apparently, and uh, there was uh, clear evidence, it would show, that, uh, that this had come from being burnt from oil uh, in the sea. Yeah. Now, Churchill heard about this, thought, I can turn this to our advantage, yeah. and really it became a little bit of a one of these subterfuge yeah. wartime uh, propaganda missions, if you like, yeah. where they then did a test of burning water, where effectively they pumped petrol into the english channel at studland bay yeah. which is now a uh, one of the country's most beautiful beaches and also a nudist beach um in dorset and set fire to it and that was the only test it did work but they didn't pursue it any further uh and there's a whole just load let you know, of evidence. just let you know that jonathan this show starts at nine o'clock yeah that's fine i've got a couple pages to go through but oh. ultimately um and i've got colin on the was line. the uh, apparently according to some experts they say it was the first major uh, propaganda victory when the germans did really think they were going to uh, flood the seas with oil and burn them did at any point they use floating cows because one of our callers, uh, his aunt smelt beef. I didn't look into that. They did look at the idea of uh, launching uh, fast boats filled with petrol into barges. And that was called Operation Lucid. Colin's on the line. Colin, you've got 30 seconds. What you got for us? Good afternoon. It's Umble. U-M-B-L-E, pie. And it is basically the parts of the um, um, animal like guts and brains and 
anything else, and it apparently it tasted horrible. Can, well, can I correct you on one thing? What's that? It's morning, you plum! How is it? Yeah, you see, and he expects us to believe his uh, I, he's, origins he's of humble. All credibility. I'm afraid that doesn't work. Paul, I really appreciate that. It's all right. Only um, part of that was from Wikipedia. <laughs> Cass, do you want to apologise? No. Oh, how rude. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors between Harpenden and Redbourne, things looking very congested at the moment, especially St Albans Road and the Redbourne Lane, very heavy as you head towards Harpenden Town Centre. In Luton, the Kidneywood roundabout, the London Road approach extremely heavy as you head towards the motorway. Then on the M25, anti-clockwise, things still slow going between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midland and Virgin Trains have delays of up to half an hour on services via Milton Keynes after a signalling problem. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive. Paul, what was that you just said? Uh, there's some more facts about that later. We, we'll, I tell you what, let's we'll, let's discuss that off air, off air while I'm driving home. JVS is up next. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, what do you think of the way the BBC has handled David Lowe? Veteran BBC local radio DJ 